this just in. Hello and welcome to 250, your weekly podcast looking at IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Graham. And this week we're talking about a This Just In that's actually been on the list for a month, but has only just been released in the United Kingdom and Ireland. We are talking about Pixar's Coco, which came in at uh, 33, rose up to 30, and has since dropped down to 37. This is the 37th best movie of all time. Now, this is a bit of an odd oh, podcast because that's weird. normally I've, because I, I review films, so I've seen the film a couple of times mm. before we talk about it or whatever. So I've seen like three billboards five times or whatever. Really? But this, yeah, this week, uh, I'm the amateur. I haven't seen this before tonight. So we invited an expert on, Mr. Graham Day. Yeah. Who, uh, and listeners may know, is the most frequently recurring guest in the podcast. Oh, God, am I? You are indeed. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Now we're proud to have you. Um, And you've seen it three times. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't agree to this. Andrew definitely didn't. There was a lot of surprises on the way here. Was it Graham who was requesting Sorry. (laughs) I go under many synonyms. All his Twitter handles. (laughs) I can't be sincere and nice. I almost said earlier, I really like having Graham to his face. I'm so happy you almost said that <laughs> it's okay he says that when you're not around as well Good. so you know it's true uh, but anyway so you've seen this three times three times yeah oh, what? how, how? Like, it's, um, it's just out here it's been out in the states since I believe Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, uh, it was released in Mexico a yeah. month earlier highest grossing film in Mexico of all time yeah. not just animated film I of really all time that. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, it replaced the Avengers, the previous record holder. Oh, I'm so glad. Well. Um, and it, it's done so phenomenally. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very culturally sensitive podcast. I feel. Um, oh, Mexico love it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so so Graham, having seen the movie three times, yeah. like, what's your initial opinion of it? It brought me to tears in a way I haven't been brought to tears. I think in a in a long time. There's a weird thing that I find about Coco that it's. That it resonates with, I think, Irish fans as much as it would with, dare I say it, even to Mexican fans, because our culture is very family orientated. We 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 love every cousin. We love, you know, we have spats. We have the grandparents who are maybe uh, well, the stereotype of the Irish family, yeah, yeah. which is just this big broad. Exactly, uh, and I felt that I felt that 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 core was in Coco. Yes, it was part of another culture. But the film was just so excellent in its um, execution of it that I was able to feel the kind of the, the emotions that they wanted me to feel in every aspect of the film. And and three times. So did it has it worked consistently? Yeah, the, the, the three exa- times? What's, like... what's very interesting is I as I saw the film the third when I saw the film the third time and I brought my girlfriend to this and for the third time she uh, Sorry, she ladies. broke into tears. She broke into tears. She was a she was an emotional wreck Aww. when the film ended because she said it was just. It reminded. She said it to me. She said it reminded me of my grandmother. It reminded me of emotional ties that I have to all of my family because Breed, uh, my girlfriend, is um, she. She knows every cousin by name. She knows like all the family connections, and seeing this side, maybe maybe she hasn't seen from another side of the world, just really connected with her as well. And so it was. It was just a wonderful experience. And, yeah, I cried at the exact same points. Okay, I was about to ask, because I mean, seeing it three times... I cried at the exact same points every time, and even mm. when I knew things were coming up, I started to tear up going, <laughs> and here it comes. And it was... I mean, like, Pixar have maybe not had a great run of it for maybe a, a few films. Uh, quite, a, quite a while. Yeah. Maybe Lay Inside Out was the last great 
Pixar film, I would argue, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, even then, that that's interspace. Like, I mean, mm. you look at the initial run of the studio where they're producing hits like, say, Toy Story and The mm. Incredibles and, and stuff like that. Even Monsters, Inc. and Finding Dory, yeah. or Finding sorry, Nemo, back-to-back. Back. You had this sort of stretch where Pixar was the be-all and end-all animated yeah. films. It hasn't really been that way in a long while. And, no. and like, it's interesting to wonder why that is. I, I suspect maybe the, the Disney buyout played Yeah, I think so as well. Because Disney sort of geared them more towards producing, say, sequels and, and merchandisable films. So, yeah. like, Cars 1, 2, and 3, for example. Or The Good well, Dinosaur, which is designed to sell I still toys. Like, up, I still like up, The Good Dinosaur. Up and Inside Out. Yeah. Were, were, yeah, they were Pixar solely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, was that b- b- before the buyout? Up was definitely before the buyout, but I think Inside Out uh, was, Inside after, out the was after the buyout. Right. Yeah. Well, it had uh, been happening for... for the, like, the, these... Um, Pixar movies. I think we when 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 I think they're I think they're here to stay. They take a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, this they, was they, the longest one in production. Six really? years. Two thousand and eleven is when they started production on this. This is hilarious because that means that technically it does line up with it, Book of the Dead. Yeah, which it is technically the beat Bo- it technically beat Book of the Dead, and I not Corpse's Bride. Corpse Bride with um, was Corpse Bride before Corpse Bride before that. Yeah. Okay, Corpse, so yeah, it did beat yeah. Book of the Dead because that was my where's like really. Pick, really, Pixar, you're gonna try and like. I mean, didn't DreamWorks already do this with Book of the Dead, and they're already planning a sequel now? This yeah. gets done a lot. I yeah, think we talked s- about it when we did Finding Nemo. That 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 we yeah. haven't done Finding Nemo. <laughs> He's looking well, forward to it that much. I, <laughs> Darren, Darren, recover. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's. Uh, I think we've noticed on the podcast before when we're discussing films that there tend to be movies in parallel development. I'll be good. <laughs> Please look at me out of the podcast. This is all I have. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Uh, but yeah, we've mentioned on the podcast before. So, for example, films like Deep Impact and mm. obviously uh, the Michael Bay one. Um, <laughs> Armageddon. Sorry, you've thrown me off now. But I mean, particularly with animated films like, for example, Bugs Life and Ants mm. releasing sort of in parallel... And like Dia de los Muertos um, sort of inspired both Book of the Dead and uh, yeah. this movie as well, which Coco. But it's interesting to sort of to see that like Coco took an additional three years because Book of the yeah. Dead was 2014. Yeah. Three years to make it to screen, which is quite an interesting delay because I think a lot of people when they saw Coco, they saw the advertisements for Coco, figured out what it was about, were like, I already saw this movie and it was a DreamWorks movie, right? <laughs> which is very With rare. Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was an interesting time. <laughs> He's come um, a long way. He has indeed. <laughs> well, I mean, from Step Up and Step Up 2. Was he in Step Up 2? I have no idea. I've never seen either of them. Okay. But, uh, yes. How <laughs> all, I it, all I know of him is from Magic As Week. if he doesn't know <laughs> the, the cast of Step Up 2 and... <laughs> to the, the streets. streets. No, Step Up 2, The Streets. To the Streets. So it's, called, it, it's a clever wordplay. Yeah. You know the full title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, they're lovable dance classics. Thank you very much. They're the new West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really are. Generations. Especially the earlier ones. Yeah. I know that much. Yeah. What's Bring It On 2 called? Bring It On again? Bring It On? Bring More On? I don't know, actually. Is there a Bring It On 2? I'm fairly sure there has, there is, there has been, hasn't there? Oh, of course. Um, dance movies are all there. I like that Andrew is taking this moment to exploit his authority. It's like, <laughs> after, after, that, after that fumble, we yeah, there should be. Yeah. <laughs> if there isn't, there should be. But yeah, so I mean, Andrew, what about yourself? What did you make of uh, Coco? I, I, I think I felt, felt similar to how... Uh, 
Graham felt about it. The the real test is going to come, <laughs> and I don't think we should leave it until the the spoiler zone to find out if uh, if um, if 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 tears left left, left left Darren's eyes. Left Darren's eyes. Interesting. Because uh, people who know have been listening know that Darren is, you know, not with with your name. You know, <laughs> and call me by your name. And finding, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry. Oh, but the tears don't really. They, do they come sometimes to these type of films? The emotional, the, the big ones. The uh, my kind of like shoulders were kind of like heaving oh. back and forth, at one point. like subtly, <laughs> <laughs> not in a creepy way because it was a family screening, right? <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 that's that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think I was making noise, but I was... You like, made a little I, noise. I, I made a bit of sniffing noises, I think. There was a lot of that in there, because yeah. I saw it at a press screening, and then I was looking up to see it again at uh, another one. But when I, went to the, when I went to the one, I was lucky enough to go to the Stella, which is a new cinema that's... Re- a new old cinema that's reopened in Dublin here. And, oh, the sniffles. The amount of people that I could hear around me, just going... <laughs> That's why you release these movies in January. Everybody's got a cold. It's dry, it's dry January, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no one's emotionally Not ready. in this cinema, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, because I reckon this would be a great movie to watch with uh, with a crowd. Because obviously we, yeah. myself and Andrew, saw it uh, on an evening screening on a weekday. So there were... We thought we were going to be the only people. Yeah, in the cinema. But luckily there were three whole other people as well. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, because I kind of... Well, to be fair, it did very well. It had a preview last weekend. I feel like somebody looked around. Oh, it did. The kids, pre- the, the kids preview I heard was very... Well, had, was packed. But they had the, the preview weekend where mm-hmm. they basically... And this is one of the things they do that's interesting. Like, for example, Zoolander had a, like a three-day opening weekend before oh, the God, embargo was lifted there. and before the press screenings were, were released and before like uh, people could actually talk about it. And like you have the, the setup with previews so that Spectre, the, the last James Bond oh. film, had an eight-day opening weekend. An eight-day opening weekend? Yeah, because... I t- want weekends that long. That's... Yeah, well, the box office tally people <laughs> like those numbers for obvious reasons. You've, 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 you've had a big weekend, and it was like... Yeah, and, was, and that's why I didn't come to this screening, because I knew with the stag, which Andrew is yeah. talking about... Imagine I would have been eight days long, right? Oh, God. Like, if... if Because the reason... That's why I turned down going to the, the screening with yourselves, because I had been on a stag, and I was emotionally not ready again... For this film, <laughs> with with me just coming down from a stack, I don't think I could have taken another. Try all the alcohol. It's of just pain leaving, weakness leaving the body, is it? Um, but yeah, so I mean, in terms of I, I'm not going to talk about this film now, then, because I feel like you really set it up and made a big deal of it. But it, you guys, right? So in terms of, you guys. in terms of say the Pixar canon. And in yeah. terms of, say, the 250, mm. do, where do you think it ranks in the Pixar canon? And do you think it deserves a place on the 250? And more importantly, do you think it belongs as the highest ranked Pixar film? That's what I was going to ask. Is Ooh. it the highest ranked? It is indeed. It's currently 37. Well, yeah. I don't think it'll stay there. Because I no, had yeah, it yeah, yeah, at 37. That's what um, it was. That's what Darren said last. Yeah. Um, at 37. <laughs> <laughs> that I, is I, definitely I, the number. But, uh, but, I, but I think... I think um, 
Uh, Second only discarded away as far as animated movies. Oh wow! I'd 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 like I'd like to see it stay on the list. Maybe like I guess. But should the witch should the list be constantly Is Finding Nemo on the list? Finding Nemo is is on the list. Oh well, I'd probably put it ahead of Finding Nemo. (laughs) Well, I think it is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where is it? Is it number three? That's some some good sound. I think it's always something like um, the list should always be constantly changing. I think that's what should be fair about it. Um, but to be fair, half, the list, half the list has changed. I don't think mm. the, the, the list should always change. I think we should be allowed like, uh, <laughs> to complete the list and get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I like Otherwise, that. this podcast is never ending. It'll never end. <laughs> Andrew suggested this as a podcast idea and then realised how quickly the list changes. Yeah. To, to be fair, it's a, it's almost exactly half. Almost 120. Nice almost 120. You suggested this because you knew it wouldn't end. <laughs> And I found this was the only way I could hold on to you forever. This way I could remember you, Andrew. This way I could remember you. But uh, no, it was also because... uh, Yeah, so 125 films, I think, have somewhere close to 100% retention. Whereas 125 then are coming in and going out on a regular sort of... Or on a reasonably, like, two, three-year basis. That's another podcast. It's the 125. Yeah. We'd be almost halfway through at this point, to be honest. If I can say, I think it deserves to be there, definitely. It's a bit... bit too high. I'd maybe stick it in. So the, yeah, let, let's talk about Pixar rankings. That's, so if you were ranking your favorite Pixar, films, I had this conversation and I can't do it. What you can't do? <laughs> I've already had this conversation with, with uh, my girlfriend, and she was like, every time she thought of something, she said, "Okay, I can cement a film, a Pixar film here." Yeah. She remembered another one. She was like, "Oh no," and that's what happened. Uh, and uh, but like we can definitely, I'd love to have this conversation that's, that's, if yeah. you guys can try. Yeah. Okay. I'd I'd, uh, I'd put it. Uh, I'd put it ahead of Wally. What? Um, yeah, I'd, no, I'd, I'd agree. I totally wait, agree. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, put it, I'd put it below Up. <laughs> no, 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 you just freaked it's, out. <laughs> up is on the list. Don't you up dare. Up is on the list. No, I wouldn't put it above Up. Uh, uh, inside Out and Up, um, I, I'd perhaps uh, put ahead of this. Oh. We'd put it, put it, put it, it's very esteemed company. I loved Wally. And I, I, obviously half of Wally. I'd, put, I'd put Wally and, uh, ahead of... Like Finding Nemo, for example. It is on the list. Yes, Finding Nemo is definitely okay. on the list. Maybe we'll do it someday. <laughs> Maybe we will. You never know. Uh, I suppose Toy Story 3 has to be on my list somewhere. Well, Toy Story 3 is on the list. Yeah. Toy Story, the original Toy Story is also on as well. Um, Toy Story 2? Yeah, Story we, 2 we had this on the anniversary yeah. episode. Everyone was like, it's very weird Toy Story 2 is not there. Because yeah. Toy Story 2 has some really great... Toy Story 2 is my favorite Toy Story movie. I put the it's Toy the most Story. I think of all of them. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Is it two and three or on it? No, so one, 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 one and three. So I put one and three probably between... Um, <laughs> we're, we're doing the order. We're yeah. doing a very weird order. <laughs> between, bet- between... It's not a proper list. Between, just like, between Wally and Finding Nemo, I guess. Oh, we're actually properly ordering these movies now. <laughs> um, okay, well, if, if, uh, if, if I'm going to... If gonna, it were yours? If it were mine, I'd probably go with... Uh, this wouldn't make my top five. Uh, no. It would probably struggle to make my top ten if we're being entirely wow. honest. Wow. Pixar, uh, Pixar movies. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know how many Pixar movies there so actually are. So you don't are. need to tune in today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to know, know what Darren thought. Hey, hold on. Hold on. That's not really... Like, you're talking about one of the most consistently impressive studios mm. working in, like... Filmmaking yeah. today, like you're talking about, like a, an in, a sort of an industry standard, which sort of revamped what people thought about yeah. when they thought about animation. I that feel like animation, maybe... CG animation that we, special CGI animation that we know that we understand on the map. Yeah, so it's never been used like that until Toy Story. 
Yeah, and I mean, the, their shorts as well and stuff like that. Like, yeah. So I feel like, you know, you were making it sound like, oh my God, he just <laughs> smack-talked Coco. And I'm like, no. Because you I, did. Because she's a wonderful woman. 19 feature films. So Ooh. I would put it somewhere around the middle range of those then. would probably be where I'd put it. Because I mean, I'd put, uh, I'd put all the films that you guys mentioned... Uh, maybe uh, The Incredibles as well. I would definitely oh, yeah, Incredibles, Incredibles, there. Incredibles as well. Is like, it, this... Incredibles is... No, The Incredibles dropped off the list. <laughs> which is astounding, yeah. That's which is really people, weird because Incredibles 2 is coming out soon. I almost forgot it existed. Yeah. And then I remembered and I was like, oh, that was an awesome movie. Well, yeah, this is, it was. this is what Graham was saying when you're making the list is you tend to forget how many there are. And then you remember and then it's like, oh, no, now I have to... Now they have Bump to fight. everything down. they have to fight. Yeah. Yeah, and have to figure out where it's going to go in there. Which Alec Guinness movie will I choose to knock off? <laughs> here's, the, here's the question, here's the yeah. question I ask. Where does Frozen fall in for you guys? Oh, we're going broader Disney. Oh, I suppo- no, I suppose that's, that's Disney Pixar, isn't it? it no, it was it Frozen in, in any way related to Pixar? I, I thought it was Pixar film. Carl the Commissioner. No. <laughs> 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 um, I am fairly Who's sure. Who's the be like, commissioner who provides like external... Uh, uh, validation of the list. Here, like here's KPMG. a fun fact uh, for you about uh, Fro- that connects Frozen oh, to... Oh, um, <laughs> Everything is KPMG. Uh, there's a fun fact that connects Frozen to... Um, this movie? Coco. The same people who wrote Let It Go uh, wrote, wrote and Remember Me. Well, there's a more direct connection as well, actually, um, in that Olaf's Big Adventure, or the um, the short, the 20-minute Did you short. guys see that? No. no I did. Not. You did? I did. How many times did you see it? I saw it once, and that's all I'll ever need to see it. It's a 25 minutes minute. of my life I can't get back. This is apparently, this caused huge controversy in the yep. States. In Mexico, the cinemas just They hated stopped. it. The, Me- the Mexican cinemas apparently just stopped showing it. Yeah. Because um, it comes packaged. You know the way that Pixar films come yeah. like short beforehand. So like you had like Night and Day, I think before Inside Out. You had Lava mm. before. Um, yeah, that yeah. was not a good. That was not a good short. No, no, but like so Olaf's big adventure where he learns about like how there other some cultures. Good ones though, weren't there? There oh, were some great ones, but Olaf's Olaf's adventure is not a Pixar. It's not film. short. It's, it's not. Oh yeah, it's twenty five minutes. It's twenty five minutes long. It's a cartoon, so it's not really a short. Second of all, it's not a Pixar film. It's a Disney film. And it's a long cartoon. It's it's not like a Saturday morning cartoon. But, 20, it's, but 25 it's, minutes it's, it's is a like Saturday morning cartoon. cartoon. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. With an ad. Yeah, I feel it. like Looney Tunes were like 11 minutes. No, yeah. Yeah, Looney Tunes yeah, but you'd have like two of them. You'd have two yeah, of them. Yeah, or like, like in Animaniacs, you'd have a whole lot of like vignettes together. Oh, so and they're like coming Batman back. The they're coming back. Yeah. That was like 25 minutes. That was 25 minutes, yeah. I miss the fact that, you know, you used to go to a cinema and you used to be able to see like a Looney Tunes beforehand. That's why I like the Pixar shorts. Yes. Pixar shorts, and they are shorts. They're like, what, 10 minutes at a max. And those push. are the max ones. Like, yeah. Inside Out had P- uh, Piper, with the uh, the adorable little bird. Yeah. I was trying to get the thing. So that was, was right that? before Inside Out. That was like three minutes, if even, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, but that's, I'm not saying yeah. that was long. I'm just saying that's, yeah. Very good. But yeah. then you jump to Frozen, and that's 25 minutes. On a film that is already two An hour and 45. Hour? It's an hour and 45? Yeah. That's half an hour. Kids apparently forgot they were seeing Fro- They were seeing uh, Coco, because they're like, why are we, are we watching Frozen? Yeah. As, as, as a but yeah, the Mexican cinemas apparently just took that. And out. they were they right were, too because yeah. it's it's lower animation. The songs are terrible. Um, it it's not funny. Out. It stretches the Olaf joke. Yeah. As, as far as it can be pulled. Well, we, we didn't see it. I, I suspect that's yeah. because it was released after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, as, a make... child, yeah. okay. as, as a child, I would get upset whenever like we would once a week rent um, Home Alone. 
And, um, <laughs> I was about to say, once we rent a film, but they, it was just, nope, just Home Alone. <laughs> always Home Alone. And <laughs> always at the start, there was a trailer for Edward Scissorhands, oh, nice. which I would I would start like crying and, <laughs> and shouting and screaming. Because you hated Johnny Depp. Did I, I, that trailer really um, upset me. I, and, 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 and I would... I, I, my my parents would have to take it back because it was the wrong movie. It wasn't Home Alone. It was Edward Scissorhands. Oh. They would have to take it back to the video city. Presumably, get the people <laughs> in the shop to fast forward it just a little bit, bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and bring it back. Yeah, Andrew, yeah. I love your first world problems. <laughs> Yeah, they, you had first world problems before they were problems. Yeah. But I can imagine there being kids in this movie where yeah. you bring them in to uh, to kids would fall asleep. Watch Coco and they'd start screaming and saying, "We're in the wrong cinema." Um, yeah, well, when the kids were falling screen. asleep, you said kids you, were falling asleep before the film started. That's a blessing. You said <laughs> <laughs> you had not in this film because the, the, like I tell you. It's like delightful. like Darren says, when you are with an audience of children and it's a film like this. There's a there's a magical moment of just everyone just like takes it all in and when certain moments happen, uh, which we'll speak about in the spoilers one, kids ask the most wonderful questions that you just overhear and it's just like they're they're just Aww. like they're so sm- they're so engaged and that's what you want in a film like this and that's why it was so funny when the frozen short just like made people so angry. <laughs> But I mean, speaking of like Andrew talking about getting the wrong film and having to go to the video store and have it explained, mm-hmm. like over the weekend there was an incident in um, a certain cinema in Dublin where they were filming, they were releasing a Paul Thomas Anderson retrospective. They were oh. showing uh, There Will Be Blood in 35mm, which oh an amazing experience yeah. apparently, right? Um, apparently, what happened was people who booked the tickets early, the screening sold out, which is great because it's a fantastic film, you've seen it wonderfully. Paul Thomas Anderson. People mm-hmm. who had bought the original tickets for Screen 2 and printed out their tickets ahead of time, went into the wrong cinema and ended up watching Darkest Hour, the Gary Oldman film, instead. And apparently it took a little while for certain people to catch on that this <laughs> was happening. Um, but it was, it was, yeah. So That's it's, happening a lot. Do you ever notice that when you're in a cinema, and I don't know if it's just because... Well, it's because projectionists are... are uh, there are fewer projectionists now than there used to be. Like, mm. it used to be that you would have one projectionist per screen. Now you're lucky if you have two projectionists mm. on staff for an entire cinema. Yeah, because I notice it when people are like they walk in halfway through a film, and I don't think they realize what screens they're in. <laughs> like I'm, su- like there are tons of people always seem to be surprised. They walk in and just they're there for about maybe ten minutes, and you know they don't know what film they're in, yeah. and they go mm. and then just make a pull their stuff. Yeah, and leave. yeah that te- that tends to happen in one cinema in particular, in yes, the Dublin City yes, Centre, like, where they only check your ticket when you're going yeah. into the escalator. So once you're in there, you can go to any film you want. Yeah. Uh, not that Darren would condone such behaviour, but Darren has experienced such behaviour second half. <laughs> and Darren was young at, 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 at a point, and still is, and who knows if yeah. what he does when he goes to the cinema. There was yeah. that day when you went to see um, Hotel for Dogs 2. Uh, <laughs> is, that the, is that on the IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> left after the movie was over, walked back in and watched it the second, second time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, so I feel like we're ready to move on. <laughs> on that tangent. And that time, I feel like we're ready to move on to the spoilers, though, maybe we're talking a bit more depth about the yeah, film. Yeah, because you can't it. talk about this film without spoiling it. Yeah, because, well, I mean, yeah, it is It is a movie, it's bright and colourful, it's fantastic, you guys both loved it, it's uh, fantastic, like, it's very Darren, you're not helping your case when you say, you guys loved it. It touched you both fantastically, like, Graham saw it three times, yeah. and it's worth it. Yeah. And I'd see it a fourth. You'd see it a fourth? I'd see it a fourth, just not right now, I'm in a very emotional state. And I guess you guys would recommend, if you haven't seen the movie, pause... Mm. 
Go into a cinema, With watch it. With all your family. Yeah, for an hour and 45 minutes. In fact, you can play this podcast during the Olaf's short. It will last about the same length <laughs> Oh no, because you, you'll never find it. <laughs> You're not going to find that anywhere. They've now no. changed it that ABC have it that it ran because no one wanted it. Yeah. On, on oh, the, Olaf. The, no, what they did was they put it as a cartoon on ABC around Christmas. But that's, so that's what happened. It, it just didn't happen said, here because we don't care. 25 minutes is the perfect length because you get the advertisement so I suspect it was reverse engineered from that for that purpose yeah. like I suspect it was like we need to fill the airwaves yeah. I so. think they were tested it out in the on the journalists in Europe uh, when they showed it <laughs> and they were like well nope don't don't yeah. ever show that again <laughs> yeah in the states they apparently didn't show it at the press screenings because they knew that it would garner a reaction apparently they made so it was people who hadn't heard about it the first people who heard about it were the people who went to the cinema on Thanksgiving and we're like, wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> what are you doing? You're about to be. You're about to be treated to more Olaf, who loves Josh Gad. Oh God. Oh, poor Josh Gad. Or on that note, <laughs> spoiler zone. Remember me, though I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I. Hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you Each night we are apart <laughs> Josh, Josh Gad's doing fine You got to um, get freaky with that um, What do you call that? Uh, Dig Dunk um, Some kind of uh, computer game <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, Pixels He's talking about Pixels, pixels. Oh, yeah. oh, God Josh, Josh this, probably... was, this was before that, though So really, he's have actually you, gone down Have you you've seen, you've <laughs> seen have. Yeah, I've seen Pixels as well <laughs> Yeah. On those on, on those nights where you're just like, you know oh, what, I want white noise on the background. Like Let's stick on an Adam Sandler film. Pixels is yeah, Pixels is one of the worst films I've ever yeah. seen. And I don't like talking bad about movies. Uh, but anyway, on that note then we'll segue neatly into the spoiler zone. Coco about for you? It is about understanding uh, the, un- the importance of family and being understood by your family Aww. to me because the, the, the story is you know it's about an outcast which at first glance like oh it's going to be another outcast who finds his, his home is, is, being, is being understood by his family but it, it's so much more than that as you, as you watch it and as the characters evolve as uh, Miguel uh, travels to the land of the dead um, when, you, when you meet Hector and Dela Cruz and all these just wonderfully ridiculous characters and I just everything just worked for me and like I said it's about being understood by your family and also understanding your family it's and it's something that like I said Irish families will understand or will relate to will relate to very easily because it is it's a story about four generations of (laughs) a Mexican family which is impressive I mean five really if you talk about um yeah, so five because it's, yeah. it's we're in the spoiler zone now, so we can say Hector, Coco, mm. um, Miguel's grandmother, Miguel's parents, who have a very small role in the story, and Miguel mm. himself. Yeah. So it's and all sort of living and interacting in a very close knit fashion, and the film really I think captures that very well. It's got that great sort of dynamic at play there. Yeah. And like one of the things that I I do appreciate, one of the things I think it does particularly well, is it presents a world in which most of its characters have clear motivations for what they're doing. Most of the characters are, are understandable in what they're doing. Like, for the first two-thirds of the film, the primary antagonist has a very crystal clear, like, emotionally driven 
motivation. It's it's the great grandmother who doesn't want her son to play music, and the reason she doesn't want to play music is not great great grandmother. Great great grandmother. Yeah, because Coco is the great grandmother. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Coco's mother, sorry, yeah, is, Coco's is mother. chasing Miguel and doesn't want him to play music because she doesn't want him to lose his family because that's been her experience of music. Mm. And it's a very understandable, very relatable motivation, the point where there's no real villain. Like, even the villains are trying to help Miguel in their own way. Is her name Imelda? I think it's Imelda. Imelda, we'll, yeah. We'll double check now. She was wonderful. Well, the whole cast yeah. was wonderful as well. Like, you know that this is the highest budget movie with an all-Latino cast, um, which is remarkable. It's, yeah. uh, there's not one white voice among them. There is. With the exception of John Ratzenberg. Yeah. Did yes. you find him? Uh, no, I looked at the credits at the very end. Yeah, and was... I realised who he was. He's the guy with the teeth with whose uh, who's dentist loved him. And he's the guy's remember. Remember he goes through and he's got all the teeth? Oh, yeah. That's John Ratzenberger. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Who is obviously a Pixar staple. He's a Pixar gem. He's yeah. a Pixar uh, He's a good charm. Luck charm. That's yeah. exactly That's what he's... they call him. And he's cast in every movie. So yeah. with the exception he's of him... He's a gem staple. Yeah. He's a, I, I <laughs> a thought... staple well, made of well, gems. Because I was looking... Because the third... Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, flag on the field. Uh, Darren is trying to enter the, the fact machine surreptitiously. Just to make sure that Imelda <laughs> is her name. We don't want to give disrespect we're, to a character. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is Imelda. Without any pause. This isn't a Without any two to fact machine. This isn't a table quiz, Andrew. It's not, it's not like using my phone to make sure that we're actually aware of what we're talking about is like a is violating the spirit of the podcast, I don't think. Silence. Two to fact Yes, Graham. It is Mama Imelda Rivera. Thank you. And we're back from the fact machine. <laughs> Quite contentiously, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to ensure the smoothest possible experience. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think it captures that family dynamic quite well. And there's a lot of attention played to Mexican culture, actually. Because yeah. you know that um, you, uh, you know about the production of this film. You guys are aware of the sort of... Um, you mentioned that this was the longest gestating yeah, six Pixar years. product. Uh, Pixar product, Pixar film, yeah. and um, you've actually you've met the director. Uh, the director Project. and director and producer, um, uh, oh god, Lee uh, Unkrich or Unkrick. Uh, I wasn't quite sure because I never said a second name, so I was okay. It's okay. I like that somebody else is stepping into the director. Yeah, and then Darla Darla K Anderson. Um, they Who produced were, it as well. Yeah, she produced it, and she's also a, a really good friend of them. She's like a she's she's a collaborator that's worked on him with him on several Pixar films. Oh. And people will be very interested. Lee is one of, like, the mainstays of Pixar. He's been a part of it since Toy Story. Yeah. And since the Toy Story, he's just gone up and up and up in the works. He worked on Finding Nemo, the, a favourite yeah. of Andrew's. Uh, he worked on Toy Story 2 oh, and 3. I believe he was a co-director in Toy Story 3. He was also a co-director in Toy Story 2. It was his first yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. And Monsters, Inc. Yes, uh, which are films that will, of course, bring tears to your eyes because Monsters, Inc. just... Just that, that's that's one of the first ones that really brought tears to my really? eyes. Yeah, because I was so I, like I mean we were so young when we saw Monsters Inc. Not, not Toy Story two. I like Toy Story. I didn't cry at Toy Story two because Toy Story two was 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 Jesse. Jesse's story. As I got older, yes, okay. but she has such a wonderful resolution in that okay. that it's that it's okay. Toy Story three was the one that brought and me. I'm down. a heartless bastard. 
Outnumber, I'm outnumbering you in films that I've cried at. <laughs> Fair, point. Fair point. All right, and we haven't actually gotten to you, you yet no. about how you felt about the film. So let's just see. Oh yeah, that was meant to be the other side of the spoiler. Don't worry, I managed to deflect attention quite carefully. <laughs> As I was saying, do you guys know the production history of El Coco? Because it's quite. They went to Mexico a lot. All right, you're, you're on the yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah. I mean, we have technically two yellow cards here. You check the fact machine before Andrew could even get a say in, and now you're deflecting. Okay, fine. <laughs> I like Coco just grand. That's just grand. I didn't cry during it. I came close at the very end uh, when Coco remembered uh, her father. No. I, I came very close there. Yeah. That was the moment which Even I Even thinking about it right now is actually oh. doing something to me. It's so sweet and it's so sincere. Yeah, yeah. it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's oddly effective. No, it's not oddly effective. It's very effective. Like, it's completely mm. understandable how it's effective. But it's just the so fact that... Had a, a, a relative, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm actually like an oh, um, like the kind of it, it, uh, one of the kind of normal traumas of of uh, most childhoods mm. is, is losing a um, relative. Uh, yeah. yeah, oddly, I am unaffected by that because my father's parents are still alive, oh. and I never got to meet my mom's parents, and I've never actually properly suffered a death in the family. Knock on wood. Uh, so I this this film was very like just very powerful to me because I was like just I could feel the the, the emotions permeate even through the screen mm. of just like the the power of love over generations and death and life and how death and life don't really matter as long as you have love uh, within you and that was just how I felt about it and it is oddly the more I talk about it it's like it was just a powerful experience for me to see this film and they they like. They hardly spent any time at all kind of establishing the audience's affection for Coco. But yeah. did it so well. You did it so well. Yeah. In like and maybe three scenes? Yeah. If even and like the opening moment. Like, but immediately. Mm. But I was including kind of, that. Yeah. yeah. And You're then not, she's just absent for most of the film as well. Yeah. To the point where you almost wonder why the film is titled after her rather than Miguel. And then it becomes clear that that's, that's because she's, of connection to yeah. Hector. And, and then the fact that the song Remember Me is so powerful. I think that's what that was the turning point. It was like... Because when she like puts her hand up to Hector while he's yeah. singing the song to her, yeah. it's just like Remember me. When seeing it three times, it's very interesting because we can say in the spoilers on Dela Cruz is a jerk. Like he steals a that jerk, song. A jerk. Like, again, I can't swear. So if it, so, like if I did, I'd be saying also much worse things. Yes. He's a murderer. Not only is he a murderer, like, any, he's a murderer that also swear, It's just gonna say. He's the worst kind of person because because of the fact that not only did he kill his best friend, he also then put the idea into a film that he then became famous for. There's a scene in the oh, film can, where he like he like he yeah, he, about it, so like a serial killer, like a Hannibal Lecter teasing. Yeah, in which you'll trap the conscience of a king. But yeah, there, there is like a taunting the FBI type quality to it. It's like, you know that somewhere, some FBI investigator is like, I know this guy was poisoned, <laughs> but uh, just can't pin it on this Dela Cruz. Because the fact that Miguel fashions himself like, after Dela Cruz before he even thinks that Dela Cruz is his great-great-grandfather. Yeah. And I, then I, realizing I, that scene... Yeah. This is horrifying. Well, here, I like I like this idea of the of the cop in LA. It's like there's something I don't like about him. <laughs> 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 and, 
and I'm going to take them down. It's like you've taken down plenty of Latino celebrities. <laughs> oh my God. You don't have to go after Delacruz. Uh, <laughs> he's untouchable. He's the Teflon. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Bratt <laughs> plays uh, Delacruz, I believe. <laughs> What? Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt is, yeah. Great role. It's a great role, great performance. Mm. I'm going to be honest here and say De La Cruz is one of my issues with the film. I think ah. the film is grand. I think it, it's lovely. I think it's very affecting in mm. places. I think it has some very serious structural issues that are a result of the De La Cruz stuff, right? So, for example, the film conceals... Obviously, it conceals the fact that Hector is Miguel's... Uh, father, great great grandfather. Yeah, for like, like pretty and, much until the third act. And it works because that's the emotional payoff, yeah. right? But to get there, you have to then conceal the fact that Dela Cruz is a villain, mm-hmm. right? Which means that you need to have like the great great grandmother be the villain for a lot of the film, right? Yeah. Which means that your switch, the switch between them, comes around very very quickly. There's a a moment where like. The scene where they figure out what happened, where they figure out that uh, Dela Cruz poisoned, poisoned Hector. Hector rather than let him go home and take the songs with him, mm. plays incredibly quickly and it doesn't have, for me, it didn't have the requisite emotional impact because it felt just That's like exposition. Like it, it just mm. came out of left field because it's like nothing you have seen about Dela Cruz suggests that this is a stone cold killer. It suggests he's an egocentric individual. Mm. With, like, yeah, but there's. Yeah. There's there nothing about it which says... I would say there were subtle hints, and I think it was because... like It might just be because I'm coloured to the fact that I've seen it like three times now. Right. But there are subtle hints like, he does not care about his family. Like, he doesn't even... Like, he says himself, I have a, I have a great-great-grandson. Like, he doesn't believe the fact that, like, did I even have children he's a like he, like he, musician <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like, like always it's just, surprised like, to find like, me about children and it is and it's the it's the perfect it's the, it's the nice blend surprised. of wordplay that they do that makes it that so you never want to mention like the name of the wife or you never want to mention oh, yeah, the, the name of your avoid, of your child avoiding yeah avoid they avoid it quite nicely and and the film also is set up so that Hector and Imelda are never together before no, that reveal comes no. so you can never have that confrontation they'll give it away but it, it's more just the fact that like this happens and it happens so quickly that like the worst the worst thing that like the worst thing that Dela Cruz does is something that happens entirely off screen and isn't even mentioned in the film. It's something that like for example the Lion King did spectacularly well, which is where like murdering a child's father is bad yeah. by Disney standards. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's the highest a Disney film goes usually. No, no, no. Scar went further and and Dela Cruz goes further. Where not only do you kill the parent, mm. you also estrange the parent from the family. So Scar mm, in the yes, Lion King sorry, yes, manipulates, manipulates Simba into feeling like he is responsible for the death of uh, Mustafa. Mufasa. Uh, Mufasa. And it's... Is it <laughs> Mustafa? It's Mufasa. Mufasa. He manipulates him into feeling responsibility for something that was not his fault at all. It was, yeah. in fact, engineered by Scar. Which mm. somehow is even more da- you know, yeah, dastardly. dastardly than just killing the father outright. Sure, Frollo, and here, Frollo did the same thing. Hunchback in Notre Dame, he, he, he made Quasimodo believe that he had killed his own mother because she was... She she died in childbirth, or she like had been shamed of him. When yeah. really it was Frollo's fault. Yeah, and I mean, there's an element of that here where Dela Cruz has like Dela Cruz's crime was not only killing Hector; it no. was destroying the family unit that Hector connection because yeah. Hector was going home to be with his family, and Dela Cruz prevented that from happening. And Dela Cruz presumably let them go on to think that Hector never. Oh, he definitely of him. did. He definitely did, but the film never it's quite. The same thing Elton John did. <laughs> what? <laughs> to, to His top Elton John joke uh, of 
Sorry. <laughs> Who's that guy who wrote all the songs for Elton John? Was it Elton John? Was it no, Elton? no, it wasn't Elton John. Oh, I feel like I feel like he did. Visit the fact I feel like Elton John <laughs> didn't murder anybody with poison tequila just he in didn't. case. Just I, I, I know. Uh, you guys have you guys seen the King uh, Kings from the Golden Circle? I mean, yes. Um, Maybe he did. I feel like for purposes of defamation, we need to be very clear that Elton John has never poisoned anybody yeah. using tequila. Yeah, we need to no. really make sure because who knows when he'll be on the next podcast. Yeah, or this thing is very litigious, famously litigious. But it's just it's a it's a fascinating thing because I, I found it. He worked with lyricist Bernie Taupin. Is that what you? Mean? Yes. Yeah. They've collaborated on more than thirty albums to date. There's, yeah, and they're and still working together. They're still working. John didn't have to kill Bernie Taupin. No, so, um, so this does not work. So okay. So as you're saying, so what you're saying is Dela Cruz is Elton evil, John. Is, is evil. worse than Elton John. Yeah, yeah that's what we're um, So no, the 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 because um, it could have been like, um, hey. Um, Calling up Hector to say, "Hey, I oh, hope everything is going well." L- listen, I was thinking about maybe like uh, touring again, or like, do you want to record another album? Or there's this movie and the script is really good, but I need some songs. <laughs> he he could have d- done a John Legend in La La La. Yeah, I feel um, like that would have been the way to do. Because it feels like the the logical arrangement would have been for Hector to go home, write the songs, cash the checks, and stay with his family, and for Dela Cruz to go touring. Is it the fact that it's it was the time of when they were musicians? Was it maybe that was also it? The time period? If it had been, like, because you, you say La La Land would be the kind of scenario. La La Land <laughs> would have been in the 90s, early aughts. Kroger by Tequila was much more Dela common <laughs> in the 1970s. Dela Cruz and Hector, like, I feel like that was, what, the 30s? The 40s? Yeah, when they like were? he died in, like, 40s. Well, he's the great-great-grandfather. Yeah. Five or so. yeah. So there's at least two gen- there's at least yeah. three generations, excuse it me. It was a good thing that Dela Cruz died when he did, because that was, it was before he 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 would have had to uh, serve in <laughs> um, and they cut his hair like they did with Elvis. <laughs> that's the net takeaway from this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's one of the reasons why the story didn't affect me as much as it would. And I mean I think a lot of it is down to the fact that it felt very... Darren wants to build a wall as well. Oh my God. Around my heart. That's, that's where I want to build the wall. And you want the, you want the cast of this film to build it. But what? <laughs> and pay for it. Okay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I did just... It's so easy. I felt like a lot of the film's emotional beats were well, 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 well executed were somehow sh- fell short of like the best Pixar emotional beats. Which like, is, which to is, your eyes. Like, for example, the oh. opening scene of Up would be like the ultimate one. Wally, even the scene where he's dancing to the um, to the music videos and stuff like that. I did not find that. The, the mm. musicals, you didn't find no, that? No, I didn't find that. The no. scene at the end of Toy Story 3 where they're all going to die. But that's, and a journey of, to... that's a journey of a decade of our, of our life. Okay. Maybe longer. Okay. And that's three films. Jesse. Who is a secondary character in Toy Story 2, mm. reflecting on how she was loved and abandoned by her owner. Like, I mean, and, and this is not to say that Coco, Hector laments out, yeah. about the fact that he never got to connect with his daughter, who he adored. Okay, okay. But here's. He wrote a song that clearly was a world love that people would fall in love with, but he wrote it for a single person. He says it. I didn't write it for the world, even though Dela Cruz sings it really badly <laughs> for the world. And yet Hector made it for his daughter. His daughter who, like, blossomed whenever she heard Her. that song. And you saw, you saw it at the end. That was a gorgeous That was a gore- two gorgeous scenes with Remember Me. Lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. And I love yeah. the scene where Coco remembered. That yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful scene. 
I feel like, you know, I feel like you're, you're coming down very hard on me for saying this is a good you're coming movie. Very, you're coming you know, down I, hard on Coco. I, I, um, I, I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm kind of seeing some of Darren's point. <gasps> I don't know, I'm betraying Graham here. My heart. <laughs> Andrew was sitting literally between the two of us and it yeah. started scooching gradually close to me. But it, it also... It, it also feels like, for example, the... Pixar films, what made Pixar films exceptional, like in terms of what separated them from the crowd when it came to Disney, was the fact that they would deal with grown-up things. Mm. Um, and I feel like Coco, you know, wants to be about death. Like, it's very much about teaching a child to accept death. Mm. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like it has the same, I don't know, gravity or weight that, say, for example, Up does mm. in teaching a child to come about to death, terms yeah. of death. Um, or in, in terms of, say, even Toy Story well, 3 with regards to, like, parting ways with somebody you care about. Where, you know, there's an upside to it. This no, is like... No. Having said that, the, the, it, this is the um, kind of cultural yeah, context of, that, yeah. of this movie. It's just it's such a, a beautiful tradition. This, yeah. This, um, and, and, and the joyful. The Afredo. The yeah. Afre- the Afre- yeah. you know, Afredo, where your picture is hung. So yeah. you were remembered every year yeah. on Days to the Muertos. Yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like, I, again, this is where I feel like I have no heart, where I'm like, I want, I want, I want a little more than that. I want, I want the child... Squeeze to, it out of I, me. I want, the, I want the child to have to accept that Hector's gone away and never coming back. She um, did. She had to. You know at some point she probably had to. But she gets him back at the end, which is great and beautiful and moving. Definitely at it, the end. It feels <laughs> like it doesn't capture, say, the, the emotion of, like, Bing Bong at the end of like Inside oh. Out for example like there's the beautiful scene where the character Cheech is played by Edward James Olmos yeah he's, he dies he's forgotten and he's rem- and you get a sense the that final like, death, get, the final death the final death like let's be honest Coco is the best adaptation of a Macklemore song ever um, <laughs> was it glorious where they talk I heard you die twice once when they bury you in the grave and the second time is the last time that somebody mentions your name I feel like Coco is the best possible adaptation of that it's a high praise <laughs> um, but no I mean that scene is absolutely beautiful and heart-wrenching mm. because oh, no okay <laughs> I feel like Andrew's about to go who cares about Edward James um, but I, this is the bit where, where Edward James yeah, Olmos no, 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 where he no, fades away because you get a it's sense it's a reference to Macklemore I was like taking it out of the locker <laughs> Um, occasionally Darren listens to pop music, but there is, um, but there is that, that a sense that death also exists on the other side of the bridge, and like mm. that even like when you remember somebody, like how far back does your family tree of remembrances go? Like, does make you think about that? What happened to Hector's parents? Are Hector's parents also gone from here? And it feels like the film like touches on the idea that death also exists in this realm mm. that there is a third death and that third death is inevitable it's you know it doesn't happen for generations because you tell stories or whatever yeah. but eventually you're gonna have like a second cousin who you know everybody really likes but nobody has a great story about and yeah. he's gonna have to go and it's not because it's not because he's bad it's not because he failed it's not because you know people didn't love him I, I, I feel sorry for like every Dillos Muertes it's like I I like I like Snickerdoodle like fine. I had them one time, <laughs> and every, everyone no. keeps offering me Snickers bars. It's funny that you guys are talking I about. I like other chocolate bars, but no one seems to remember that. Yeah, oh, it's really funny that you guys are talking about uh, the remembrance aspect of the film because I asked Lee and Darla about that, 
and they talked about how if you notice um, people are in different stages of I suppose decay, decay would yeah. you call it yeah. in the film um, because of how well they were rem- remembered yeah. uh, for example you can see it in De La Cruz he is pristine yeah, because he, he, he's, yeah, he's so well remembered. Yeah. And then you look at Hector, and Hector is yellow. He's kind of turns his teeth. He's limping. He's 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 got a limp in, in a really beautiful like. And, and this is like Darren likes the film a lot. Sort of mm. observation, like the fact that uh, Hector comes from a family that makes shoes, and he's the only ghost that doesn't have shoes. Yeah. that's a lovely subtle touch. Yeah, I also found another. Um, that's a great touch that I that I didn't even notice. There's a another subtle touch that "Remember Me," the which I feel is going to be a quite an iconic song. It's going to be the next "Let It Go," but in a but in but in my opinion, in a, a far more effective way, is um, no one fully sings "Remember Me." It sang a lot, yeah, but it is never fully sang until Hector sings it to Coco because it is his song to her. Yeah, even when De- Dela Cruz sings it at the beginning of the film, when you think he's all great and everything, he doesn't get to finish it. And then you have the scene where all the people are singing Remember Me, but obviously it's not their song. And you can see it in Hector, he's just like, when you rewatch the film, it's like, Hector's like, don't, please don't sing that song. That song, he's like, oh, he hates the song because he worked with Dela Cruz, so he doesn't want to be reminded of it. Yeah. There's a deeper, far deeper, more emotional meaning to that. It's like, please don't sing that. That's that's something that I have, it's mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's that another nice subtle touch that... Right. And I mean, even even the, even the wordplay in the film that we mentioned to earlier, where like for example, Hector promising, "I will find your great great grandfather," while sitting next to him yeah. without knowing the connection. Like, there's a lot of yeah. clever setup there. That sure, Dante well. the dog. Dante the dog leads. Uh, well, leads Miguel straight to his great great grandfather and pulls him away from from, from uh, Dela Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz, yeah. yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, um, also, I love the fact that that's a clever he's inversion. He's the horse in the movie, isn't he? It, 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 there's there's a moment in one of the Dela Cruz kind yes, of movies where you right? find out that he's called Dante. Da, his horse pres- is called that's Dante. That's why Miguel is called. He did. He did. Um, yeah. Lee uh, Lee and Darla also answered that question uh, for some interviews, saying, uh, "Yeah, Dante was named after but the horse." It's, it's also very clever because, like the Dante from the Divine um, Comedy, Dante in the poem was guided by Virgil and into the afterlife and sort of guided to find, you know, sort of to find the soul that he was looking for. Whereas here, you have, like, Dante, the dog, <laughs> guiding Miguel, which is a nice little sort yeah. of inversion of that, I think. That nice. And on those type of creatures, I loved Pepita, the giant jaguar neon uh, flying creature. Well, that, 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 that just leaped off the screen. Well, that's, that's what was what the name for those creatures? Um, oh, I... I, I Abrijos, Abrijas, Abrijas, uh, Abrijas. Yeah, because I had, I wanted to ask them about this because there's so many different designs. There's so yeah. many beautiful. It's not the word touches. for like a jacket. I God, I hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, I asked them a question about jackets <laughs> and got a really deeper answer. But I believe because so, I, I assume to, they knew what you were talking yeah, about. It's like, I, yes, our jackets designs were very good. Yeah, they were. They made were a lot of attention. Notch. I uh, did like that Hector has one ja- one sleeve torn off his jacket as if to suggest that he's died once already and his own. The other <laughs> sleeve is torn as if to suggest his second death uh, is on the way. And, and the fun thing was, because uh, I, I was looking for John Ratzenberger to the entire film, and I was like, okay, so he's probably not one of the, you know, one of the Mexican people. So yeah. I thought, there's a it, scene where an abrija, uh, an abrija um, frog rabbit. Ooh, I'll... I... Alabrije? Alabrije, thank you. I may have murdered that. No, 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 Alabrije, because I asked them and they were like, oh. I'm just enjoying a podcast where other people make pronunciation mistakes. How do you say can film I've festival? Been, 
Come Fist Festival. There you thank go. you very much. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. The, like, the LFB has, there's a scene where I thought it was John Ratzenberger. There's a frog slash rabbit oh, thing. Oh, and I thought, that was John yeah. I thought that was John Ratzenberger. Because yeah. then it counts... And he doesn't have to, like, take up the... Or have because, an accent or whatever. Or, yeah, because yeah. obviously they didn't want that. Because, yeah. like, Lee talked about how he loved the, the idea of Day of the Dead. He loved the, the, the culture. He loved everything behind it. And he said how if you look at the city of the dead, the land of the dead, it is built on, on um, Mayan, temples. Mayan temples. Yeah. But as you go higher... It just continually keeps going higher because obviously it's a city new generations been, have to join. It's a city that's been built up. Like for yeah. example, the um, the cave uh, into which, for example, Hector yeah. and Miguel are thrown yeah. uh, by Dela Cruz's bodyguards. I like. Can you imagine going to the afterlife and being told you're they're a bodyguard? bodyguard yeah. But they there, th- there's they're very astute though. Every time they're called, they're there. There's lots of designer <laughs> drugs at that party. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, all these like How do they work? big hefty bodyguards and like a DJ. Kind Neon. Of, uh, I suppose that shows Big Bones. Big Bones is a thing. Big Bones is a thing. Big Bones is a thing. But the cave into which they're thrown, it's funny you should what mention like the Mayan foundations of mm. this imaginary city. They're actually, I think, modeled on uh, the craters where the Mayans uh, discovered. Apparently, this is where, you know, the meteors that killed, or the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. They landed there and they made these holes. And these holes That's are sort of like considered sort of sacred sites. And portals into the underworld as well in Mayan religion. That's a nice touch. Which is very cool. I also like the fact that you could argue, yeah. um, if you're getting fancy here, that they're technically oblets, which is uh, the holes known as, they're basically, they used to be wells into which you would throw prisoners. Um, from the French word for forget. The idea would be that you would throw prisoners down there and you would forget about them. I guarantee which, you that's oh, real. Wow. I guarantee you that is true. Which, given the context yeah, of the... Yeah, uh, and the and the, we- and the wells, and the well that they tapped of information, hey! I guarantee you, I was the first to do a pun. Oh no, <laughs> I have been here too often. Um, there is no such... Did you, you guys notice... You must be Daredella Mortified. Oh, you topped me. Yeah, Did you guys right. notice yeah. any of the, the uh, Pixar Telltale um, uh, Easter eggs? Uh, at any of the points in the film, they were very okay, early so, on. So. You saw that pizza, the pizza, uh, the galaxy pizza. Yeah. Uh, sorry, pizza planets. Oh, from um, Toy Story. Toy Story drive by at the start of the oh, film. Yeah. There are to- there are Woody, Buzz, and Mike uh, Wazowski from Monsters Inc. Um, pinatas. <laughs> uh, you see him as he's walking through the um, the plaza. Yeah. You see on the right hand side. You just see them there. It's, it's it's there's and then obviously the numbers, the really famous numbers that Pixar have. Uh, they have these um, iconic numbers that they include for their address or the room that they animate in, yeah. I believe, that it is just turned around. And there are Incredibles 2 posters in Because uh, that's the, the next film. Yeah, that's the next they, film. They always see their next films. Like, yeah. for example, in Up, uh, one of the uh, one of the girls who was running to the window had a lots of hug and bear. Obviously, that scene becomes a lot creepier in hindsight yeah. once you get to know lots of hug and bear. Um, but yeah, mm. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, you, you want to talk about this, the production design on Coco is astounding. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Like the, it the, deserves those six years. The, the city of the dead, but even like the animals that you mentioned, like it's, it's much Yeah, the animal has, now that you've reminded me, thanks. Even, and more vibrant. Even yeah. in the world of the living, they like this is, is cemetery and all of that, like it's, 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 it's always a lovely kind of a, an, an image that's, um, kind of twilight kind of cemetery mm. filled with kind of families laying yeah. down candles with the, yeah, with the candles. and the leaves are a lovely like just contrast yeah. and, to it it's beautiful and obviously blowing a movement as well but I mean mm. it, it just it looks stunning like apparently the light rendering on this was astounding like the, the engineers they had working on it 
I mean, even the skin texture on Coco herself is remarkable. Like, I mean, you do, it's gotten to the point where you don't really notice... I have another the, funny story about that. <laughs> ...the sort of technical innovations that Pixar mm. is making with its films. Like, for example, you know, they want to animate fur, they want to animate human skin or yeah. whatever. But, like, there is something about, like, Coco's face as, as an elderly woman where, like... The, the human characters in Coco are all exaggerated. They all have yeah. bigger heads and they all have smaller bodies. Cheeks. But, like, One dimple. What, yeah, dimple, no <laughs> dimple. Dimple, no dimple. But uh, Coco... that they do that, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, it is, because you don't want to push into the uncanny no. valley. Like, uh, there's, a, there's an interesting detail. The grandmother, not Coco, Coco's daughter, yeah. uh, the, what was it, Lee and his, his collaborator, Adrian Milano, Melina, yeah. they brought over, they wanted to really get the emotion from that character, from the grandmother. And so they understood that, you know, the neck uh, of an older woman, an older man, gets, you know, quite um, wrinkled. Yeah. So what they did was they got uh, Melina's uh, mother-in-law, who Aww. is of, uh, I believe, uh, um, Mexican um, origin, brought her over to the Pixar stage and tried to get her angry for hours <laughs> so they could see how to animate a neck when it's going like this or going like you know when when a person gets really frustrated and grinds their teeth and that because when you know the grandmother like, gets like, very angry i feel like they could have just said grind your teeth no they wanted proper <laughs> anger and apparently it's it like the hours. daniel day lewis of animating apparently no. it took hours no, it because to be food this way. <laughs> yeah. apparently it took hours because she's a very gentle calm woman and so they had to figure out ways to so make her angry her. Well, I like how this started as a sweet bring your grandmother down. Well, no, she's mother mother-in-law. Law. She's bring your mother-in-law down. Meet the staff. Oh, so we need to see how you. We need to see how you. We need to see how your neck works. <laughs> not not to reinforce stereotypes, but yeah. But it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating depth that they have brought. That just further, like when you find this out, you're just like. Again, that's another thing that you can just appreciate for this film. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the culture of the film. Because like, mm. one of the things, one of the reasons that it took so long to get from its conceptual stage through to the version that we saw now is because Pixar originally had planned for this to be a very different film. They originally planned for this to be a film about an American child who oh. was connecting with his Mexican heritage. Um and basically... Uh, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting too. Well, the thing is they discovered or they thought quite early in the process and, and fair play to, to Lee... Um, mm, Darla. And, and Darla for sort of realising this. But they figured out early in the process that there were very few people working on the project who weren't white. Um, so basically they drafted in Molina who had... Mm. Molina had worked as a storyboard artist yeah. on many previous productions. And he's worked, yeah, he's worked with Lee a lot. Uh, yeah, and particularly the Toy Story films. Mm. And he's he garnered a lot of attention on staff because what they would do is they would encourage everybody in Pixar apparently is encouraged to come up with ideas and yeah. have ideas. So if you can make something better, you come up with an idea, you suggest it up the tree. Like it's a very apparently very open collaborative environment. And what they found is that Molina, while he'd been storyboarding, he would be very good at coming up with gags and improvisational stuff. And I suspect you see a lot of that in in like Coco, for example. There's a lot of really great physical comedy with the bones and the skeletons. Like the, wait, does Dante like die just, at some point? Yeah, that's when Dante transforms into. No, he's a, just an alabrija, which means oh, he's always there. But it's like how P- Pepita at the end of the film turns, goes, into, a turns into a normal cat when she goes to but, visit. But do you? Did he realize he was? Because it seems like I a think strange, he just realized he was. Because it, it's I like felt he swallowed his tongue and then all of a sudden became like. I felt like he swallowed his leg. <laughs> that's when he died because no. he was like biting his leg but he was like fighting it at one point he's like no I don't want to be this no no but yeah but when, he, when, he's, when they're riding on the back yeah, yeah it, looks like, it looks like he 
And he's right. It does look like he choked on his own tongue. Yeah. And the movie was like... This is like his startled eyes for a second. <laughs> yeah. And then changes. Yeah. It's like, maybe okay. he was maybe he was dead all along. Do do do. It is it is a very much like it's like the stuff I talked about with Dela Cruz, where it feels like it comes out of like it feels like something that was always planned all along, but it feels like the actual execution of the plot point was maybe not as graceful as it could have been. Mm. That's the twist at the end of this movie is that he sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love, I love how they all eat individually had creatures like Dela Cruz has those chihuahuas. Uh, Frida has the fire-breathing monkey. Yeah. That's that was ridiculous. Yeah. Two, and like, she's like, and it's me. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a cactus, but it's me. And then she just turns to Miguel. Too much? Yeah, what if everything's on fire? I like that he was, he was Is it too obvious was the question, which I think was, was pretty No, I think it was, it was too much? No, no, it's too obvious. Too obvious? He's like, oh, just you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just obvious enough. Um, <laughs> I like that he was, he was like written up, but not convicted of um, uh, faking a monobrow. <laughs> that was amazing. Like yeah. I thought, was like Hector was so smart in that. He's just like, it's just, it's just so clever. He's like, the and he does convince one. He convinces the uh, the bodyguard, yeah, to the yeah. Cruz party that yeah. he is Frida I, and I, Cruz. I feel sad that when Darren goes to to heaven, he'll be oh like, I want to be a writer, bodyguard. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you look like a bodyguard. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's the, the the premise that you created, <laughs> and we're just twisting it back. But anyway, they decided quite in the process that they. If they did it that way, if they made the story about a, an American kid who discovered his Mexican heritage and mm. then sort of like piggybacked onto Dia de los Muertos, mm. um, they would they felt that would be cultural appropriation. Much so what like they did Iron was, Fist. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Iron Fist. So they decided they draft and they... Or the Cam Fist Festival. Yeah, Sorry. very full of, uh, of cultural <laughs> appropriation. So they decided um, that they would uh, they'd rework the story from scratch mm. and they'd focus on a Mexican child, obviously mm. Miguel. Um, and by also... Anthony Gonzalez, a wonderful uh, new actor. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, the, the entire cast is, is fantastic. I mean, like, oh, you mentioned Benjamin Bratt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gail Garcia Barnell. Plays uh, yeah. his character in both the English and Mexican version of the film. Yeah. And fun fact, you also know that the, um, although normally they would have different dubs for Mexico Mm. and Spain, for this film, the Spanish version of the film is the Mexican version of the film because the languages are so close um, that it would feel like dubbing a film set in Boston with British accents, how it was compared. (laughs) Actually, I've I've heard that a lot of the the older cartoons um, in in Spain just have the, uh, the Mexican dubbing on. So the, the, that, um, well, that like Yogi Bear is always kind of like uh, <laughs> stealing and patting dad books. But they don't Showing really, your culture they don't, here they don't with really, the picnic baskets. They don't really use that. You know, there's the like sandwiches from the picnic book. But oh. apparently they don't really use that, uh, that word much in, in Spain. In Spain yeah. Well, that would make sense because obviously the cost would be lower as opposed mm. to like a Pixar production yeah. where you have millions of minutes. Like in Pixar films, what they will do is they will an- reanimate most of the signs that are written. Um, now, in, in fairness, what they will tend to... That's why there's very little writing in English in Pixar movies in that because generally they have to reanimate those shots mm. in different languages. So, for example, um, they'll also, in some cases, they'll write the signs in English mm. and then translate them into symbols yeah. just as an international yeah. version. So, for example, I think there's a point in this where there's a train carriage with some lettering above it. Yeah, it's it. just lettering. 
but they they change it to musical notes in the international version. I didn't so know they don't that. have to they don't have to write like a uh, they don't have to do a Chinese version. Mm. They don't have to do a, you know this film did very well in China actually. Um, unlike the Last Jedi, <laughs> un, unlike most other Pixar films, <laughs> really because apparently it's a cultural thing because China has a, a or that's a suggestion of why it did so well is that China has a culture of like respecting and honoring and honoring and remembering family. And that's, that's very why true, that's very true. China notorious kind of craving for spirituality. Yes, yes. while also while also being wary of supernatural elements in their films. Like the famous story of the, the all female Ghostbusters was banned from release in China for its handling of supernatural elements. I would love to see how the all male Ghostbusters would do. I suspect it would also It'd be the same. Be probably the same. All male Ghostbusters. <laughs> I feel like it's a premise that's ripe for reinvention uh, at this point. I, I see Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and Dan Aykroyd uh, as their boss or something. Very <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if, if, if you guys would be interested, but, um, I don't know if we've talked about it enough. The music. Yeah. The music is its own character in this. Oh yeah, well it's, it's the first Pixar film that really has that sort of central mm. musical theme to the point where in some ways it feels almost... You mentioned you compared Remember Me to Let It Go. Yeah. And well it is written by the same people. Yeah. Well it is, it, yeah. And it, in some ways it feels like it's a more conventional Disney film than a lot of other Pixar films. To the point where, like I mentioned that, you know, you know Dela Cruz feels like Scar... Or like any other... Even the fact that when he's revealed to be the villain, green starts to rise. Uh, and and the, he looks like he is Scar from, from when Scar is in the Badlands. Yeah, doing <laughs> the, the, the graveyards. But even the fact that like how he chooses to like try and kill um, Miguel or to yeah. get rid of it is by throwing him from a tall building, yeah. which is the stereotypical Disney villain move. It is. Because you, you obviously... Cliffs. Yeah, it's cliffs. You <laughs> throw him off a cliff or whatever. There's like In some ways, it feels like... For me, and this is maybe one of my issues with Coco, is it doesn't feel that far removed from, for example, Frozen, Tangled, or Mona. Like, it feels more it's like... Moana. It's more... It's certainly... It felt more Disney than... Um, Inside Out. A lot of Pixar movies. Yeah. yeah. I, felt it, I felt it felt just right. There was... It, yeah, what I would notice was... I enjoyed it. What yeah. I noticed about it was was the fact that it was, the, it was a musical that didn't feel like a musical because none of the songs just came out of nowhere. The songs were all because the people... We've been over situation. this, Graham. We know you hate La La Land. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't hate La La Land. I just started a horrible tirade. Um, I, I, what, I found out, what I found about... <laughs> what I found about it was none of the songs just started point blank. Yeah. People... Because... And I hope this isn't a generalisation. The Mexican people are quite musical uh, as, as um, a culture. Music is embedded in their in their kind of DNA. I say, I suppose, like the same as the same as ourselves. Music is a is a, a kind of cultural imprint, mm. and so when people were singing, they weren't singing simply because the fact a song was required at that moment. Yes. They sang because they needed to to vent. They needed to because to it's their emotional. Mo- it's, it was an emotional tack for them, and I felt like. That's what drags me out of a Disney film sometimes and a Pixar film when a song starts for no reason and there's no reason to do it. Graham, I think you need to let it go. (laughs) I've I've two... Just remember me. (laughs) Just remember me. I have two film critics here. There is a word for that. Is it diegetic? Yes, where the music that you hear as opposed to like... The reason characters here or exist in the world of the film. So it's very little non-diegetic. Yeah, or extra-diegetic. Yeah, extra, yes. 
Is that, is that the term? Extra-diegetic is stuff that exists outside the context. So when you have music playing over a montage, for example, mm-hmm. unless the characters are like constantly dancing to it and have been playing the song on loop on their iPad for six months. Yeah, so unless Rocky has been training to... Or Flashdance. Yeah. Um, well, Flashdance would work then. I would like the idea that Rocky has been training to the same song for six months. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be sort of extra-diegetic uh, where you have a montage and you play mm. music over it. Diegetic is within the context of the film. So. I would say, then I would say this is a very diegetic film. Yeah. A, a highly diegetic film because of the fact of all the films work, all the songs work for the moment. Like, yeah. he sings to, they sing to remember what makes them happy, what's, what the situation calls for. It's not just singing for the sake of singing. Yeah. And Which I find not, is a Disney not, like extra trope. orchestration. No, yeah, no, you <laughs> yeah. can explain most of it in the context of the film. Yeah, like there's po- an orchestra. El Poco Loco. El Poco Loco. The only reason that song happens is because he's in a battle of the bands. Yeah, mm. I mean, there's also even yeah, there's a conductor and an orchestra at one point, for yeah. example. Like Imelda uses it as a distraction when she's trying to get away from the bodyguards. Yeah. Um, there's like every every time someone when Imelda tries to sing when Imelda is trying to catch uh, yeah. Miguel, Singing she seems to stop him because he's like this woman who hates music. Yeah. can sing and is pretty great at it. And there's no orchestration there. There's no orchestration. Point, point she out. just does it just because. Yeah. yeah. And then the... the um, sorry, this is kind of off topic, but what do you think about the the uh, reveal? Before, of... before before you reveal that, that Hector is actually... Mm. The, re- the, the reveal that um, Dela Cruz... Killed is, Hector? Is, no, is... Um, is his great great uh, grandfather before he realizes not? Oh, when he, when he smashes the picture and he opens it, and, and he yeah, realizes, when, when and he, he realizes. Oh, sorry, he assumes. Was that <laughs> was that a surprise? Like for for was it meant to be? be, be because I feel like the audience probably uh, realized that. The problem is that with this day and age, a lot of people are seeing trailers, and it's in the trailer. So no, well, well, I, also I, speculating. I, I, I don't think I'd seen any. What? But did you figure it out? Yeah, yeah. A great litmus is as if I wondered was could Breed figure out if Hector was the great grandfather, great great grandfather before it happened? She's yeah, I, she's I, great at doing I that. I feel like that that reveal was 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 very good. Very yeah, surprising. she didn't figure it out until the very yeah. last second. Okay, I, like, I, but the one about Dela Cruz because she was like, why is he, she okay. kept going? Why is Hector here? She said to me, why is Hector still with him? I mean, I understand story wise, but why is Hector still going on? I mean, he's an oddly important character for a character who's not really that important. And then as the film went on he, and came to its... He is very similar to Bing Bong, except Bing Bong has a tragic death. Yeah. Uh, so Bing Bong is better. But to be fair, so did Hector. He just survived <laughs> the second time he was almost yeah. going to die. It, it, it made me wonder about the rules of this, because um, it, it, it's, it's like... It, it's, the, the, it's the day of the dead mm-hmm. when... Um, yeah, and I... Experience can cross if, over. If, yeah, so, so where, 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 where they can cross over. But they, 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 have, to, they have to exist... In that world, because they're remembered by somebody who knew them in the living world. Yes, yeah. that's so, why. That's why uh, Miguel couldn't do it for Chi, uh, yeah. Cheech, because he didn't know Cheech when he was. Um, yeah, when he when before he, he came there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he couldn't remember. Even if he was told a story, doesn't count. But he, Coco he then dies before the next uh, day of the dead. Day of the dead. Yeah, but she so, remembered her father. She remembered her father and had told a story had to it all on. of her family members. Yes. Yeah, you remember she talked, she talked so, about how he, he sang that song for her and she loved that song and she has all the letters and those letters are now being seen by everyone oh, in that everyone that in the city yeah. and yeah. anyone who comes to that uh, town so Hector and, will and, always be remembered and they're defacing Dela Cruz's mausoleum but she won't be forgotten it does seem a bit mean also you could just demolish it like it feels like how whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
but it seems meal. Remember me, and then just he's forget you. Yeah. It's just like. Ugh. <laughs> 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 I got that. Um, As did Cecil I. Cecil Green? <laughs> Cecil Green? What? CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green. There we go. And you forget, get one, forget you, man. You get one pop culture reference from Darren an episode, does and I already blew it up. Is that kind of swearing because of how no. CeeLo Green makes that song? Yeah. Forget you? No, I, no. Think, I think people are aware of that. Okay. I like to think that was the original <laughs> Pixar draft. Was Can we hang a sign around his neck saying, it's like, no, it has to no, be. No, it has for, to say forget you. you forget <laughs> you. Um, but he, the funny thing is, he will still be remembered. And then Breed said something really horrifying to me. She said, you know what's weird? That means Hitler will always be remembered, technically. <laughs> I feel like Hitler probably doesn't get invited to Dia de la Mortos. No! <laughs> <laughs> he's not, no, yeah, it, it, he's... Uh... But I mean, like, we have a... Sim- what heaven is Hitler in? <laughs> well, Thank heaven. you, Andrew, for opening that can of work. Well, I mean, like, Murder heaven. Like, or artist. Well, we, have a similar, we, have, we have our own kind of... Not, not uh, Day of the Dead. We have uh, Samhain. We, yeah, we have yeah. that. That's, I mean, like, that's our version yeah, all of that. Yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Like but we don't need, we don't have the, I suppose we don't have the caveat of you have to be remembered to come over as long as your, as long as your spirits, you know, the, the lines are blurred with uh, sound. Well, between the two worlds. Yeah. yeah the fairy with world. this, there's, there's a fascinating, like I loved the rules and that for this and... Just, I thought that the rules were a bit much. I, like, I mean, I, you have to have the rules in order to have the plot, but... It's, I like, those, I like, those, it's I not like those rules came from Pixar. Those rules came, or are... From the culture, like you can see, well, it from yeah, the every version. Well, the storytelling rules. They're not Mars new rules. Dualipas, Dualipa. I want to say Dualipa. Despacito. No, new rules. She she was like number one for like four months. No. Okay. All right. Darren new music. We didn't. All right. But what is the world coming to? Ground is cracking. One of the things I found interesting about this, and you probably know this story as well. You know that Disney tried to copyright the phrase "Day of the Dead" in two thousand. I did not hear that. In two thousand and thirteen. That's so sad. This is that's really you better have more happy notes after this because that is so sad. Some douchebag in Disney suggested that. And somebody had like uh, and and put was it a... up on the board. How about no? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was gone the next they day. Su- they submitted it. Um, it was a Taylor re- Swift. She's she's trying to copyright a lot of they things. They wanted right? to register the trademark for merchandise because so originally the film was going to be called Dia de los Muertos, ah. Day of the Dead, and they wanted to control the branding of it and stuff like that. And you know, once the once the issue Book was of the Dead came out, once the issue was raised, Disney were very sensitive. They were like. We would never enforce this copyright in a way to infringe on your fire culture. Him, fire him. Um, <laughs> afterwards, they did then say, "Oh, actually, we did some testing internally. We discovered that Coco is a much more likable name for the film mm. that we're doing. So we're going to copyright that instead." But they it is... copyrighted Coco. Well, yeah, because yeah. Oh, with, okay, with for the, the film. For the film. Yeah, for the because film. I was just like, "I'd like some hot Coco, please." And money. Yeah, Disney's lawyer just standing there and everything. But they, hey, they, they have that power now. They're like they own Fox, everything. They own Aliens. They, well, they, they couldn't have their own perfume for for the movie. <laughs> Coco. As long as it wasn't with this guy called Chanel, like it would be fine. Coco by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where the real battle's going. Disney it's versus Chanel. Five year old wears. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like it is a great example though of like Disney's monolithic sort of entity, like wanting to buy Fox wanting to control the world like it's like yeah we would like to own Mexican culture and the fact that it got so far that like he's like I said pirate <laughs> you're gonna be pirate of the house huh? lunches for oh. wimps Oh, um, oh gersh <laughs> gersh <laughs> no, oh gersh terrible. oh gersh 
Sorry. Of course. You keep, you keep this up, you'll be out on your ass. Um, but yeah. So. Here's Kermit. Yay! <laughs> um, they own the Muppets. They own everything. They do own everything. They, they do own, own your the Muppets. childhood. Like, but this hey, is Warner the... Brothers still has still has Batman and all that and Gargoyles were fine. Lord knows that's working so well for them at the moment. Let you start. <laughs> but is there, here's they, the thing about like, can they have a Super Smash Brothers with all of the they could. Of the Disney they could. Uh, properties with like but Darth Vader? And... Yeah, Darth yeah. Vader, all the Marvel superheroes. They already Indian. did. They already did. It was called. Uh, there are the... lightsabers in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, well, they don't. They're laser swords. They're laser think, swords. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they already had a thing. They had this Disney game. They, this where basically you could buy the toys. Oh yeah, and put them on. Yeah, put them on these things, and uh, basically your toy would then go into the video game. I've it, seen that. It's gone. It it's didn't gone. work. It didn't. No. It didn't work. It worked for a couple so, of years, and then it stopped. That would seem to be like Smiths was like in a. Yeah, they had like they had like um, they had like that all the Star Wars characters. They had all the uh, all the Pixar characters, and. It now seems Mommy, like it's I want wa- Darth Vader. You're getting Stormtrooper three, and you're going to Ma- be happy. Mommy, about I want it. Darth Vader. You're getting Kylo Ren. God, I hate Kylo. I, I would you, like man. if it were a thing like with 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 pogs or with goblins, where you don't know what one <laughs> you get. Buying, you open yeah, it. you open. Oh, it. that's a terrible idea because then everyone's just going to get like Mike uh, Wazowski. And he's just going to go, no, I want Venom. I want because you could Sully. Get Venom. You got a silver Mike Wachowski. That's really rare. Yeah. Oh, hey, only Nintendo and their Amiibos do that. You can, you can trade him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sparkly. No, um, it's, it's gold. Okay, all it's right. It's gold. But interesting mm-hmm. enough, um, to demonstrate how much attention Pixar paid to this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. like after Disney had to back off, like, copywriting Mexico. <laughs> back off, Mexico. Back off, like, copywriting <laughs> Mexico. Um... Pixar, Pixar actually hired uh, the cartoonist Lalo Alcaraz, who had done a. That's it. I voted for Trump. Oh <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. We were so close. We'll talk about that in a moment too. Are but, you serious? Is that but, actually going to be a topic? But they they actually hired some of the uh, Mexican cartoonists who had sort of done these really, and we'll include them in the show notes. These really scathing sort of portraits of Muerto Mouse. He's coming for your culture. Oh my um, And God. hired them to be cultural consultants on Coco in order to. Like encourage and to make sure they got the culture right, which is very important. That's very important. And I mean, Molina, who was who had worked as a storyboard artist, he, as mm. you mentioned, is a Mexican extraction. Yeah. So he he obviously had a deeper understanding. And as you pointed out, they went down to Mexico and spent a time lot. there in order to get the culture right as yeah. well. And interestingly enough, I wonder now. This is maybe this is just me reading far too much into the it movie. All depends on what it is. The scene. You wouldn't. I would How never be far too much into a piece of culture. But you know the scene where they're passing to and from the afterlife. Yeah, like obviously that's an immigration metaphor, but we'll talk about that later. It but, is. But but to you guys, did that look less like, say, the border between a country and more like the gates to Disneyland? Oh, it, it oh, you really because there were there were several ga- there were several bridges. There were several bridges, but there were also then like smaller one person sort of go through, and the way the queue it was designed, like you could see the it was queue. Done like a key- it was done like a kiosk where you would have to like. You sigh, you smile, yeah. and then you go through. Yeah, but even like the queuing mechanism was done in sort of curves rather than straight lines in order to maximize the space and stuff. And all this sort of stuff. Like, it, to me, it looked a lot like... And even like coming out was easier or going back in was easier than coming out. So, you know, mm. obviously it's like going to a theme park or whatever. Uh, or it's like well, the border. I, 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 I recently entered the United States <laughs> and it's just like Disneyland. Is it? it, it, it yeah. They, uh, go, go, uh, I mean, going, we're waiting for the Land of the, the Dead to show up as one of the new lands in Disney World. 
Yeah, but I mean, I, I wonder, like, is that a pointed sort of, like, a... I don't, I don't know. You don't have a point of comparison. Uh, I do, and that is... The, now that he, now that I, I've... Uh, now that Darren points that out, it's like, oh, God, there's... Like, you can't unsee it, by the way he describes it there. Yeah, because I was just... It was, like, like I, 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 suppose, I suppose it was trying trying to take away from... From from the very <laughs> for, like they, they they made they made it a um, a border kind of um, uh, analog. You could say and, it's also and, a pop culture then, nod yeah. because of the Disney of, stuff. Pop yeah. culture nod to their to their, to their founding their founding fathers technically. Yeah. And then they kind of I, I guess undercut it by making it also Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, it is very much. It is also an immigration metaphor as well because yeah. you've got like the facial recognition, you've got the border security, you've got yeah. like a wall up. You have people on the other side of the wall who are living in they have customs. They have customs who yeah. are living in like poverty as well, like because the bit where Hector goes the shanty town, and you yeah. can see that like not everybody in this side no. of the the you know in this side of the world lives in sort of comfort no. and luxury. Whereas you don't see that. The poverty. less you are known, the less you are remembered, the worse yeah. off you are. Yeah. It, like it was just it was fascinating to learn that and if you want to check out that interview it's on Scanon it will oh, be well, on in the show notes yeah and it's it's just it's fascinating just like with Lee and Dara just talking about the fact that the less you are remembered the worse off you are and it's it is it is an interesting just metaphor about what's what what's happening to a state of a, a state of like a culture and a people who are trying to be remembered in a time that's just so full of news just being thrown at you and everything yeah and, and for the people just being yeah. remembered yeah and wanting to remembered. like erect erect a border which a border wall which will do absolutely nothing in terms of like no. curbing movement or immigration but will simply serve to like cut you off it's, yeah it's a symbolic gesture this, yeah it's a symbolic gesture that becomes all too blatant yeah and i mean this is yeah because <laughs> but this is <laughs> thank you we're just going to record this and loop this over some electronic <laughs> dance music as well just to make the point but it does it does reinforce the idea that like because the language that that's used in terms of like the the trump administration's immigration agenda is largely symbolic in terms of mm. it's not really about immigrants it's about the idea of immigrants it's about like setting up and sort of creating this sort yeah. of cultural impression in a way that i think maybe is reflected or the film is sort of playing with when it, it deals with the idea that like Thinking of people on the other side of this boundary yeah. as human, yeah. as as being the same as even, you, even the dreamers who are being forgotten, yeah, in, in in all this paperwork and that that's has been has been dragged up and that is also another kind of way you could look at it. I mean, it's it is it's powerful stuff, especially when you look at through the prism of of just not just a, a family story; it is a generational story. It's um, it is oddly timely and topical uh, for a super you, film that is six argue, years in the making. There's a question. Is is Coco about chain migration? In that you have, as long as you have one relative on the right side of the wall, you're able to drag everybody else over. Is that right? Uh, the optimist in me would like to think not. Uh, <laughs> the realist in me is too quiet, so I don't know. All right. no, but it, it is, though. Like, I think it is, and I think it's, it's a very powerful... I, I find it really weird that the... the I suppose to go off topic a little bit, but that, no. that, that the that the, the the White House um, is is not a, the Twitter account for the White House is is not like a um, it's not the office of the president. It's it's the president <laughs> and the president's point of view. Kind of put it. It, yeah. it, it would seem very strange if we like. I, I, I suppose if if our kind of. Um, and if there was no apparatus, there's, there's no the kind of sanctity around it. Yeah, like like it, it's it's it it's it's an organ that's kind of there to um, 
to 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 push the the party line. Yeah. It's very yeah. like like a political kind of um, rather rather you you think about it like the amount of history around the institution, the, yeah, yeah. The and the idea that it exists and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is. Did, and I suppose a dangerous thing that this movie did for me was for for for, for <laughs> a very dangerous. for a very nostalgic person who's like considering I should become a minimalist and only have like a hundred things. Oh no! It just made me think like oh I should never throw anything away ever. Because <laughs> re- re- remember every every friend every family sure. member because every... otherwise you're letting them down. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um. Again, I bring up uh, Breed. Kind of power she, of memory. She was she she remembered something. After seeing this film, she remembers a wonderfully beautiful, a wonderful moment between um, her brother and her uh, grandmother years ago. That this was brought up uh, in in a similar vein to what happens with uh, Coco and Miguel at the end of the film, uh, when she discusses Aww. the relationship that she had with her father. She had it was very similar uh, in in it was just it was just wonderful how Breed spoke about it I won't speak about it on air because it's well, it's personal. her it's like yeah. it's, it's her memory yeah. it's yeah, her it's possession that makes perfect and it's, sense yeah. it's yeah. again it's what made this film again it just it feels so so oddly uh, universal timeless yeah. I, I would feel I t- I'd say you could watch this again in five five ten years and it would and it would and it would hold up because there's nothing that dates it in my eyes yeah. because they made it that it's not that you don't know what time it's set at all you know is that the that the um, great great grandfather in that is um, year decades ago because there's no sign of real technology. There's no like there's yeah, no, there's no phones, phones or whatever. There's no, there's no pop culture references. Everything, there's a VHS. As there's a VHS. To like, like he, that, that that's how Miguel watches all the stuff about uh, Dela Cruz. Yeah. He's a hideaway with a really bad TV and a VHS with buttons on it that probably go up to ten. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Not not eleven. Um, yeah. And like. There's nothing there that you'd say like yeah. There's a car. Uh, there's one or two cars, but that's that doesn't give you an idea of when this is set. Yeah. And it's just I, I love that because the fact is I know you could show this to anyone at any time, uh, at any point maybe in their life, and they'd see something in their family and in themselves maybe in Miguel and in the. Uh, I think that most Pixar films are like that. I'm trying to think of one that is is dated horribly. Like I mean. Is none of them? None of them really. Maybe no. Inside Out, actually, ironically enough, feels like a. I don't think maybe that's because the of the topic of that film. I don't think that can ever. Okay, date. I think I may also be because Andrew made the connection between the Emoji Movie and Inside Out. That, now I'm sort of imagining. How did you do that? No, he's entirely right. The Emoji Movie is basically Book of Book of the Dead or Book of Life to um, this this basically. Except much, much worse. Pers- I like Book of Life. Yeah, I like Book of Life. I thought it was. I thought it was for like for what I expected. I got quite an enjoying uh, experience. A joy, yeah, joy, as, as far as these it. sort of knock knockoff sort of versions go, it was much better than say. Which is funny because technically Coco's the knockoff, <laughs> but at the same time isn't. Yeah, it's 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 very it's a it's a peculiar thing. But I would definitely choose because I mean at the time Corpse Bride was out was before that. I would I definitely choose Corpse Book Bride. of Life over Corpse the Bride. No, okay, oh, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, it, but yeah. you're wrong. Coco's bringing it out. Yeah. Coco's bringing um, it out. No, no, no. But anyway, Having been this heated to Justice League. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the more distance I get from this, the more I'll kind of like think of my, my uh, grandparents and like my family. and. You're afraid. Mem- you're afraid of... Mem- 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 memories of... Um, what, what what is it by the way? We should pronounce that right. Is it? Uh, yeah, Freda, Freda. Excuse me, Freda, because uh, it's basically the the the, me, the moral the 
was it memorial? The memorial, memorial. yeah. The, the, the one where you the hand yeah. pictures. It's basically. the Afreda, Afrenda, excuse me. Because I kept say, thinking they were saying friend, and so it's, no, it's a friender, and it's it's. That's a beautiful little memorial. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. and it's just so fascinating. We saw a glimpse of one family uh, yeah. with that, uh, like and just it's just it's just fascinating to know everyone uh, in Mexico probably has that to some degree. Mm. It's just, yeah. It's just I mean, well, every, every character we meet, everybody we encounter, everybody who is at that festival, everyone who's playing mm. music presumably has the same as well. So this is just one family's mm. version of that. Apparently, the wrestler is a real wrestler. You know the uh, the, the guy with the picture. Yeah. Where they, where they throw the head in. The selfie. Yeah. He's he's a real. Is he? He's a real wrestler. Breed look. Breed, I believe, looked him up. The. Um, uh, oh, there's a lot of famous um, Mexican uh, celebrities that are put in this. Like, obviously, Frida. Luchador. Yeah. yeah, the Luchador. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I've forgotten Luchador name. Um, uh, yeah, I the Luchador. Not your Libra. <laughs> the Luchador is a real, char- is a real character. Is yeah. a, sorry, is a real person. And there are several notable, if you look it up in the credits, they are notable. Del Cruz like, is modelled on... No, no, no. Let's not go there. Um... Who Wait, who do you think Dela Cruz is based on? No, Dela Cruz isn't based on one person in particular, I mm. believe, but there may be, and, I, and again, because, no, you know, he's a murderer, he's the villain of the piece or whatever, but mm. he may or may not, and like, he's inspired by various sort of uh, yeah, he's, musicians. He's, like, he's pretty like, much a, he's like, he's a, 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 in, in, in his own eyes, well, he's his the own hero ego. of the story. Yeah, with well, his own ego, yeah. yeah, where he has this giant monument built to himself. Well, his song's great. Yeah, his song isn't quite as good as Gaston's song. Gaston's no. song is one of the best songs no, in the Disney canon. No, no. <laughs> it's like Gaston. Matches wits like Gaston. Oh, I, 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 I want to join in. I'm oh, sorry. I'm trying I, to remember. Yeah, it, I'm, it, I'm having a difficulty remembering, but it, I'm it delighted can, that Darren knows It contains my favourite Disney rhyming couplet, which is, I'm especially good at expectorating. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Um, amazing. Come on. I know, it's like Gaston is in the room with you, isn't it? It's amazing. I always Gaston. I, I uh, wonder that people call me Gaston a little bit in in uh, in, London, back. in London. Uh, why? Uh, why? Apparently, why? like in a certain you... light at a certain angle. Okay, well, let's say did you why, murder why, a beat the prince? Okay. Yeah, I still say he's not a prince. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's what? my own contention with uh, Gaston. No, what? no, no. With uh, Beauty and the Beast, Beast isn't a prince. Okay. I just no. I just it's really well, funny. Why I is always, that an issue? <laughs> I just find it really funny. You, that he's you not a classist. <laughs> You're like bells he's marrying beneath he's her a Disney noble. princess I didn't station. Say that. You implied I did not. Dr. What I would say is, what I would say is, and if Reed ever listens to this, what I would say is, a couple of those Disney princesses are not princesses. For example, Mulan. She is not a princess. She never marries into royalty. She is a general at best, which is actually kind of cooler. Okay. No. Well, okay, this is Princess Leia Organa's now a general, you know? She is a general, yes. Yeah. No, no, um, Are you still taking a princess if your whole planet is destroyed? Yeah, I feel like that's maybe not something anybody brought up with her. It's like, <laughs> so you lost your entire Higher extended species? family, race, people you represented. We need you to stop calling yourself a princess. princess. We can <laughs> give you commander and maybe general. It's years? It's making... Princess of what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to say that. But there's a funny thing, because I... Uh, well, when, making... when I say... When I, when I, I have a weird counterpoint to myself about that, is that there's a character in a book series called uh, Wheel of Time, 
and he's called Lan. Oh, Robert Jordan. Yes, by Robert Jordan, and his name is Lan Mandragoran, and he is the king of no one because his entire kingdom was destroyed. But it's a mantle that he still has that he is given because he is still technically a king. So wow. it's just, it's we're, really we're in the weeds here. <laughs> oh. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I went off on that tangent because no, I hope just if Breed ever listens to this, she'll get really great. annoyed at the fact yeah. that I once again brought up that Beast is not a prince. He's a he's a noble. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a noble. There's, there's, like, there's only one king. There's only one kingdom in France, isn't there? When was this set? I'm gonna say the 1600s. Okay, well, this there, there, I, I believe there were at some point multiple kings. Well, he'd be a duke then, at France, least. He'd be a duke, there, there, and so she'd there, be a duchess. I, I feel like though, if you go back in time, very few actual living kings have been transformed into giant beasts by women who were refused entry to fancy parties. I feel like you know, if hey, you're that's arguing, not what happened in the proper one. If you're arguing that like Beauty mm. and the Beast is inaccurate because there's no way the Beast could really be French royalty, maybe, maybe you're missing the point a little bit. Or maybe I'm just digging it a little too deep. All right. So, our <laughs> uh, Twitter followers can tell us who, who is the dumbass here. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander, dumbass. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still. I'm still not decided over whether I want to be um, the um, of Dan. Dela Cruz character. You want to murder in, someone? In, in terms of like, kind of, like, he does being, look pretty being sweet at the center of my own life. And, <laughs> And having, and, taking and, control and of your own destiny. Enough that people love me Seize without having moment. to love anybody else. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the, um, the Andrew is the real one with no heart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what well, to be fair? Like, I can see the appeal of like being Gaston because you know, like, he sings a pretty great song. Yeah. He twice his eggs every morning to yeah. help himself get large. Yeah, so he's roughly the size of a barge. Thank you. But, um, and you look so excited just for the fact that we did that. Because yeah. it is the best song in that whole film. If not the whole Disney canon. But Ooh, anyway. That's another, that's another oh, that's topic another for another day. That's the debate as old as time. <laughs> oh, song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the Beast. Beautiful oh, harmony. That was wonderful. Beautiful well harmony. Well done, Darren. That was a, I don't think we're going to talk that. <laughs> no. But I feel, I feel like the I issue... want to get in there. <laughs> the issue with Dela Cruz, though, is that, I, like... Is he one that lets the film down for you? He is a large part of, I think, of why the film doesn't work as well yeah. for me as it might otherwise. Yeah, I kind of see that. Yeah, because Disney yeah. films can... F- Disney but, slash Pixar films can fall or rise on their villains. Because like, he feels very much like a lesser version of the Christopher Plummer character from Up. Where you have the same sort of, oh my god, What's I'm Christopher meeting Plummer? my... Yeah, oh, and he, cool. he's great. And I'm meeting my childhood hero. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's a murderous asshole. Who like, has, like, ruined dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I feel like there's an element of that here, except it's not done as well and with as much depth. Because mm, mm. like, it really feels like Dela Cruz falls apart at the first possible opportunity. He's, he's like, the worst... Like, he's, like, the worst possible law and order suspect. He's the guy who you bring in and Ice-T... He's a special guest star. Ice-T you know just, immediately who. Yeah, Ice-T just leans in and Dela Cruz like, okay, I did it. I poisoned him. I still his lungs. Okay, just leave me alone. Um, I feel like I, I actually I agree Dela Cruz's reveal is not great and uh, also I would say because of how the film is I think you could take him out of it I think you could take him out of it and structure yeah, a better film uh, well, and I, I if mean, that's possible or you I could think, just I have think, the reveal that he's not he's not the grandfather and so kind yeah, of yeah like when he's do, when he's about to use the yeah. blessing yeah, just, it doesn't work yeah and, like, and oh. then you, you have basically the same point and you don't have to have the scene where he throws a kid off a roof yeah, I, I feel like you, you could reveal him to be this uh, kind of 
pathetic, empty character. Yeah. And and they, that will be enough. Yeah, and 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 that it, it, and that he's alone, even though he's surrounded by everyone. It's alone with everybody. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, that was the title of his album, I believe. I feel it. It, it, it kind of. I suppose it makes sense in kind of like um, in, in the in like structure or in, in in terms of dramatics to have him be this Big true evil. villain. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, but this, he is imposing as well. well. This is what I talk about when I talk about this feeling very much like a Disney film as opposed to a Pixar film. Is that sort of element where you need that? Whereas I feel like you can get away with or probably trying to think of Pixar films that don't really have villains in the conventional sense. Like I think Wally has the computer. But it's not even Definitely. that evil. Yeah, but like again, it feels more human than. Is Inside Out? Inside Out doesn't have a villain. Joy, yeah. you could technically. There's a per- perspective that Joy is the villain because she does not understand what yeah, but that, Riley that's not is a going through. That's not a villain, though. That's just somebody with a misunderstanding. Mm. Mm. And like the movie has that for its first half where you have Imelda chasing Coco to yeah. turn Miguel down and trying to explain to Miguel, like, I'm just she's doing trying this. so hard. I'm doing this for your own good. Yeah. Which and, is, she's, uh, like, and in her opinion, she is right. I don't know why this came into my head, but the the uh, the principal in Ferris Bueller. I want. I want. Yes. I, want, I, want I want. I want. I wanted it, it. Like it could have been that sort of a villain kind of, who's doing uh, their job, who's like, yeah. and who, if they weren't trying to stop the hero, wouldn't be doing their job and wouldn't yeah. be deserving of any respect for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. where where they like, I guess, kind of like become humiliated. And, yeah. yeah, like, and, and there's a sense that they're maybe not a nice person, but they're also not. Poison my best friend and steal his songs and let his family. What I know is here, here's the here's where the poison murder falls apart. How did he get poison ready so quickly? Well, he was planning on poisoning one of the housemaids anyway. <laughs> um, he knew he couldn't like, take like, his liquor. Yeah. And was like, and also they call him chorizo because he choked in a chorizo because people thought he had choked in a chorizo. I was like, it was food poisoning. Yeah. And then it's like that, that, his whole his whole mindset going to the land of the dead was that. He had choked in a chorizo. Well, this is what well, he, he knew he hadn't choked in a chorizo. He once mentioned, I guess, with his friends, uh, <laughs> no, oh, and then I had a something I ate. I had a chorizo. It's like, what? You choked in a chorizo? No, no, no I, I food had food poisoning. But this is this is one of the things that, like, one of the tone moments that doesn't quite work for me is the bit where you're having the flashback with Dela Cruz and with Hector, where they're walking to the train station, and like, <laughs> and, and Hector falls over, right? Which, and you know, in that moment that he's been poisoned. Mm. It's it's really like affecting. Like, this is a best friend murdering another best friend in order mm. to steal a set. It's a hidden story of the two fifty. Yeah, we and, don't talk very much about her yeah. third friend. Um, but you have the but who's who who came up with the idea. There were three of us originally. Um, <laughs> no, what I imagine is going to happen is the 250 is going to finally end and Darren's just going to walk up to Andrew and go, the moon is in the regards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, too dark? A little too dark. Okay, right. hey, you had a podcast where you had the family over. But, um, <laughs> thank you. But, um, Dela Cruz, like, as Hector is falling over, Dela Cruz says, it must have been something you ate. Yeah. Maybe that chorizo you had. And it's, it's a joke. And I laughed out loud and I was like, no, this is not the tone no. for the scene that we're watching right now. Because it, it is a brick joke. It's a payoff to a brick joke. But it feels like it's not the right note to be striking at a moment when you're, because we, you're killing your best friend. We talked about this in Your Name, that certain cultural things don't maybe hit us like they would in the culture that they are from. Would maybe this, would, is, does this maybe work because for Mexican audiences because maybe there's a culture of um, certain types of stories being told, like dramas... 
um, television that maybe we don't get here? Like how the same with your name? Well, there is um, there is an element of that apparently. You know, I was, I was reading some commentary from fans of the film in Mexico, mm. and they're saying that actually a lot of the film seems to have been designed to appeal to like Mexican culture, so to people who are familiar with sort of like the mariachi. The, well, the telenovela, but the, the mariachi bands and stuff like that, but even like the signage mm. and some of the translations. There are apparently puns, and I'm really sad that I missed these, but there are puns that work in the Mexican version of the film that don't really yeah. work in the English language version. And even like background dialogue for characters yeah. uh, is apparently very full of like puns and in-jokes and references that are very similar to, if you watch, have you watched The Good Place? Uh, yes. Good place. Fantastic. I've seen the latest couple episodes. But now. they have like there's an entire like the writers' room spend weeks and weeks coming up with like background signs uh, for shop fronts. Oh, that are they're brilliant! Yeah, uh, which are just great. Um, and there's that sort of element here where there's mm. apparently there's a lot of stuff that goes over the head of English speaking audiences yep. because so much of it is in Spanish. Or it's like that when Paddington Two there is a, a, when there's a newspaper being read at one point there are just you read the articles and they are comedy gold. Yeah. Like it's just like. And it's sad because you're right. Maybe international audiences <laughs> won't, won't, won't get to see that because they're just they're such funny lines. Bob toiling away in obscurity down there <laughs> writing these articles. It's like, this is my best work. <laughs> Let's go to that. Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is great. Oh, I love Paddington 2. We were talking earlier about oh, it was the best yeah. reviewed film of all time. And it's one of the best films I saw last year. I enjoyed it. It would be be my top twenty, I think. Actually, Lovely. which is quite impressive. Anyway, High praise. I know. Um, <laughs> given Darren has no heart, um, that is quite. Did you cry? No, gotta, okay, I gotta ask. Did you cry, Panda too? I didn't. I came close, I think, with Brendan Gleeson, with some self-involving Brendan Gleeson. That's interesting. Because uh, I, I had it with the with the two bears. No, I <laughs> broke I into tears. Didn't feel that with the two adorable bears. I came close to crying in Planet of the Apes. Uh, At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I get that. I have this weird thing where I feel more affinity for animals than I do for people. That's not a like weird thing. <laughs> That's not a weird I mean, thing. You might be a sociopath. <laughs> Is there a litmus test we could take, like, <laughs> yeah. right now? Just sort of sit Darren down and ask him how he feels about this. Um, <laughs> you really cared about those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> a little dog. Darren, 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 yeah. A turtle is walking. <laughs> the horse. Yeah, yeah. It's you. You come across a turtle. It's turned upside down. What, what do, do you do? What do you do? What, what's a turtle? It's like you know a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Ryan Gosling's here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> is there uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about with regards to Coco? Anything we haven't discussed already? Uh, I, when I saw the Stella, there was a mariachi band. They had a mariachi. They had a proper I saw mariachi that. band. I saw that and Twitter, as they yeah. were leaving. They kept playing. It was Aww. it was amazing. By like, the way, the Stella is fantastic. If anybody yeah, who has, has a, hasn't been there, it's very mm. nice. If there's a film coming up you'd like to see. It's a very nice environment to go and see yeah. it in because it's it's this old sort of classical restored decor. It's it's really really nice. Yeah, it's a pricey. I it is a bit pricey. The way I look at it is one one day a month you go. You just don't go to maybe any other. You can't do that. You can't go to any other. You want to get away from poor people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We were so close, Dan. We were and so close. There goes the Stella sponsorship. <laughs> I can hear it whizzing by overhead. I'm sorry. I'm a lighthouse boy. Yeah, lighthouse is fantastic. You love the lighthouse. We, we all love we the all lighthouse. Love the lighthouse. The lighthouse is I mean, with Savoy sadly dying oh, yeah, down a bit. We ended up going to, to uh, the, the Odeon. Yeah, that's where you saw the evening screen. Yeah. How it's, was that? It's close to Darren's work. Yeah. And 
yeah, it's it's great, and it gets you home super quick. It really does as well. Um, Sorry, in case anybody not from Ireland is isn't is listening to this, you can't uh, access any of these cinemas. These are all Irish cinemas that we're talking about here. (laughs) But in the meantime, anyway, so let's say somebody's listening online, they're thinking, I could really do with a bit more Graham in my life. (laughs) I'm worried that when Graham passes away, there'll only be dozens of fans mourning him. So I want to have like a a picture or an experience of him that I can. Where would where would they go online and find that? Uh, right, so, because I always have to do this, uh, I'm on Game Air, I have a game site, uh, which was brought to life actually by Niall Murphy from Scanon.com, where a lot of my reviews are, I'm on Movies.ie, where you can see a ton of my interviews, uh, I got to interview Adam Driver, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, with Scanon, I got to interview Lee, uh, Unkrick, I will say, this time, and, uh, Darla K. Anderson for this film, so it's a lovely companion piece to the podcast, I have my own podcast, Speaking Geek, uh, where I discuss literally everything that is in my brain, which is a lot of stuff, and I'm probably forgetting something. Oh, my Twitter handle. Uh, Graham Geek Era, uh, uh, where I just muse about stuff and just follow Darren and Andrew and just, just creep in on their conversations. Like that, enjoy it. Um, it makes I, me feel important. I get a notification. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Like, why hasn't Graham liked it yet? Oh, no, he, oh it's okay. He liked it. The crisis is averted. Um, yeah. But Andrew, if we were looking to find you on Twitter, where can we find you? A A Q U I N N I U Q A. Perfect. Uh, you can find me at Darren underscore Mooney. I also run the movie blog where I do reviews. I'm doing Star Trek Voyager at the moment. I'll be doing X-Files at the moment. My X-Files book, Opening the X-Files, is still available. Um, you can order online from Amazon or whatever. I've also set up a letterbox account if you are in any way interested in tracing the films that I watch and, and roughly sort mm. of what I think about them without reading you know, 5,000 word reviews. You can find me on there. Also, this podcast, you can follow us online at the 250, spelt using real letters to make real words. Um, and you can also... Real words matter still. I do. You can find us uh, online at uh, also on SoundCloud, um, also hosted via the Movie Blog, via Apple, iFire, via iTunes, via um, Stitcher, via Overcast, anywhere good podcasts are available, basically. Um, even if, Podbean. Even Podbean. <laughs> if, well, no, not That's Podbean. where I listen. Oh, you listen to Podbean. I listen to Podbean. 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 Podcast huh? Addict as well. Yeah, yeah, there's okay. there's yeah, a lot of ones that, yeah. that um, subscribe. They, yeah, they, they I typed you in. Other... I typed you in and I found you very easily. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Um, we didn't have to do anything for Podcast Addict. I think it was just at, at the point that we were only on iTunes, it was already on. Yeah, it's the oh, same wow. with Podbean, I think. Yeah. Wow, pretty cool. Yeah, All right, then. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you are listening to any of those platforms, please feel free to leave a positive review. If you like it, tell everyone. If you don't like it, tell us. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> next week where myself and Andrew will be discussing Crimea which is Love in the Time of Righteous War, the propaganda epic released last year covering the Russian intervention in... The humanitarian <laughs> well-meaning um, it's a story about love and patriotism and pacifism and everything in between so the companion piece to Coco very much the companion excellent yes and similar in quality as well I can assure you <laughs> alright take it easy guys bye bye bye, bye.